sitting in exactly the same place as yesterday or the night before, I'd like you to move. Can we just switch? Is that okay? No, I want you to move to some place that doesn't feel comfortable, familiar. So you just got in. Oh, <laughs> see, you're just available the front row. <laughs> new, doesn't want to break down the system that's familiar. Why? Because it believes that's safe. We know how to navigate this, so let's repeat it and stay safe. That's what your brain is trying to do. Keep the ego alive. I recognize myself as one who sits here. This is all like subconscious thinking to recreate the same as before. Now, if we're trying to expand your awareness, that's working against you. That's working against you. Do you see? Do what's uncomfortable. Do what's not natural. Don't repeat your patterns. Go into your uncomfort zone. That's where change happens. That's where growth happens. If you have a big, huge spiritual experience, why? Because you've never had it before. That's what makes a big experience happen. How can you have it if you keep wanting to create what's familiar? Huh? <coughs> Do you see? And so if you have fear around stepping out of your comfort zone, why well, you that fear? It's like, whoa, there's my, there's my emotion that's connected to, to the, connected to the thought that if I do something that's not familiar, it's not safe. If you're somebody that has that belief, all right, don't obey the, the emotion. Go after the original fear, huh? the original belief, which is a fear. If I do the same thing, I'm safe. Because I was safe the last time, so I'll be safe this time. Really? Really? You want to live like that? Most of us do. It's how the human species works, but, but you're a little bit more than human. <coughs> so the uncomfortableness of, of sitting in a place that's unfamiliar, 
the part of you that's resisting it right now. Make friends with that. Make friends with that. You know, as the ego breaks, I didn't even say good morning, I went straight into good morning, everybody. <laughs> As the, um, I'll find it again. As the ego breaks. Yes. As the ego breaks. You find you have no ground to stand on. Especially if you can see that, oh my God, the idea that I was here in the first place. Uh-oh. That's just being believed into existence too. And everything else rolls out from that. If... If, if you've hit those sound barriers and you've seen that, gosh, really, maybe, maybe this isn't real at all. Maybe this is just created by thought. If you've had those experiences and you know that, or you know that the me, myself, I isn't actually real. It's only real when I'm believing it's real. There's nothing to stand on. You have no <coughs> solid ground. Now, you can celebrate it or you can be full of fear around that. Which one? But if your habit is, I need things to be familiar in order to manage my capacity to feel fear, if you really are tied to that construct in your mind, you are not going to be willing to let every reference point be stripped from you. And that's the invitation. Let every reference point be stripped. That's the level of surrender that is asked of us, that we're asking of ourselves, really. The truth is asking of you. You see? So no reference point. Nothing solid. Nothing familiar. Now the ego hates that. But there's freedom in it. There is such freedom in it. Because every moment really is a standalone, fresh thing. And you know your mind is making the next moment tied to the last moment. It's not a problem. You know your mind, where your mind stops and starts. But there's an ability to be totally and completely present. Totally and completely present. But if you're dragging history with you in order to stay safe, oof, oof. See the difference? So get familiar with being out of your comfort zone. Make it your friend. So like, okay, that doesn't, doesn't feel safe to go in there and say, okay, is it safe because I'm a woman alone? Is it safe because, okay, no, no. So the common sense part is all right. No, it's safe because some part of me knows that I'll be going out of my comfort zone to go there. That's the one you go after. Don't go against your common sense. You, you see the difference? There's common sense about not being just stupid. Don't jump in front of the bus because you've never jumped in front of the bus before. <laughs> no, like, just don't be stupid. It's about the what's Where's my comfort zone? Where's my, no, I don't want to go up to that person because it's like, okay, go up to that person. Push against what your brain is saying. Not safe, not safe, not safe. Push against it. So that there is freedom for pure consciousness, for, for prior to your thinking processes to move through you uninhibited. That's liberation. That's deeper than the non-dual. Because the wanting things to be familiar can be still active while you know it's not real. You can know it's not real, but still, you're a prisoner to your patterns of thinking. That happens a lot, because there's a different stage from the non-dual to deeper. 
So it's important for you to know the difference and find out where you are yourself on that track. Yes. Yeah, for me, like... Microphone is going to cruise its way over to you. Yeah. Thanks, Leah. <coughs> for me, um, I'm a creature of novelty. And having something stable is the unusual thing. Yeah. But I, I've studied the unsafety of going into things that are different, it's because it's the unknown. And I don't have experience with the unknown, so I don't know how I'm gonna be able to navigate the unknown. And what I'm trying to get to is a place of trust that I will find the tools and resources I need in the unknown. So finding and developing a comfort with uncertainty in the unknown, because I haven't experienced it yet. And so that's where I'm trying to get comfort, you know, find, trust you know because we don't just go into unsafety willy-nilly without you know some sort of protection so how does one develop that inner confidence that inner trust like faith i've never had faith in anything and and yet i often navigate the unknown and find it's fine you know so unsafe i'm not asking you to go into unsafe right yeah yeah but your mind is imagining that unsafe is the same as unknown no, I think um, I'm learning that the unknown is only because I don't have any experience in it yet. Yes. And that's the vulnerability of putting myself on a new frontier. I often feel like I'm Magellan sailing off the edge. Okay. It's going so what, the what's wrong with going into the unknown finding, as the normal? Yeah, I, I do it as the norm. I think it's finding the sense of trust that all will be well. And that's the thing about the unknown, I think. That's the belief that you're unsafe. Yeah. The, the so you're coming from a, a template of it's kind of unsafe. Yeah. So or it's so unknown. I don't have experience, so I can't really predict anything. Yes. And so it's it's like being willing to to be Magellan. Like, how did Magellan sell off the edge? Like, what gave him that confidence to know that he would be safe? The pull for something deeper. Yeah. You can be sure he, he didn't know. Of course he didn't know. He was like, okay, they say I could fall off the end of the earth. i got to go anyway. But he had a sense. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not, but some pull, yeah, some okay. action was, was overriding common sense. The common sense of the time was you'd probably fall off the earth yeah. or, you know, some, like you never come back. That could be the end. It's your death. Thank you. It is the pull that I often follow. I appreciate yes. that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So try not to bring in the unsafety idea because that's what's coming in so that's what i should trust is the poem yes fine yes okay. yes okay. to the point of where there's only the pull then nothing else actually motivates your answer because right now you're kind of negotiating i should trust the pull it's like okay that's a good halfway house <laughs> i'd like you to be where there's only the pull that nothing else can motivate so that there's total, total, complete surrender and no personal agenda except the pull. Yeah. That's freedom. Can you, do you know what I'm talking about? You can find it? Yep. Yeah. That's freedom. That's the difference. <coughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Should, should I move? <laughs> <laughs> because I have always sat in this row. Today I sat in this row. Okay. Should I move? Should I go back there? Back there? Would it make you feel unfamiliar? Uh, go to where you feel unfamiliar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, what I was interested in was the fact that I had this huge awakening yeah. when I was given pills. That's what I didn't like. I mean, there are amazing things that happened to have happened to me in my life where I survived. Okay, That's can I tell you what I wanted to tell yes, you about Yes, yes, please, please, please. <laughs> Thank I'm you. sorry, you I, I do that, don't I? That's all right, there's a pattern. There's a pattern. Yes, I know. It's fine. Love it, see it, love it. Fine. Yes, I'm rejecting the fish idea. Yeah, you are. I am. You are. Yes, I am. You are. Mm -hmm. The release that happened traced back, it wasn't just your lifetime. It traced, because, because e everything is in us. You know, like somebody spoke yesterday about reptilian brain, knowing that this is a really, really, really ancient part of my being. So, so when, when we do deep healing work, it's more than just of our own lifetime. And as we get close to waking up, we know that it's more than just ourselves. Sometimes we're doing it for humanity. Sometimes we're doing it for something before, there were, before we were human beings. The release you did had a thread. I saw this shard of light go through a few million years. I don't know. We started writing eight million years ago. So, I mean, I don't know. When, 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 when were we fish? I don't know. But way, way back, it's like a shard of light zipped through millions of years. Maybe billions. I have no clue. Millions of years. And back to before we actually went on dry land. There was a trauma that originated from water before we became beings evolved to be beings that could manage on dry land. I get it, because I'm sorry to tear. Because I love animals. I love them. Okay. And the idea that we're causing such pain to animals okay. is very distressing. Sure. That's how it's showing up in this life. That's how it's showing up. But that's your mind. <clears throat> the rest of you guys will, will get more of what I'm saying than the people who just popped in today. Okay, it's, it's just that I'm kind of building on something, but tell me if it's not clear, okay, because I want to catch you up too. So, so when there's something ancient what are, that, that we're connected to, then, and, and it's you as animal, that connection is alive in you, it's you as animal. The unified field of you as animal is very strong. You see? Right. So, so the only way that our, you know, our brain, because of our conditioning and the limitations of who we are as human beings, we have to interpret a particular strand of information into what makes sense to us. So then your human life sees it as a compassion for animals. Of course. And otherwise it's like a feeling of oneness with them. Yes. That's yes, why it's yes. compassion. It's the feeling of oneness with them. Yes. Because it's in your memory field of who you were before we were animals, when we were water-based beings. That's actually you have access to that. I saw it. I saw it crack open from there. So there was a release from something that some basis of trauma that happened when we were still in water. That was the origin of what you released. So when you're saying it didn't happen since, it's like I don't expect that depth of release ever to happen again. It's very rare. Doesn't make you special, it's just very rare that we have one shoot that, that goes right through time to prior to animals. Do you see? But the thing is you have the ability to do it. You have the ability to go back through your timeline to heal whatever needs to be healing. So let it heal through you. But you stay solid and see it as a piece of work that you're doing. Oh, I do. Good. I'm rational. Yes. Great. Have to be, because I have been completely irrational as well. Yeah. And that isn't very successful. That's right. But due to karma, I guess I survived my irrationality. Sure. Yeah. Sure. 
So if, if, if it were me, what I would do is, while it feels valid, it might be a week, it might be two years, but I would sit down like, maybe once a day, you know, for like 10 or 15 minutes, okay, this is my time to heal the planet, to heal all, all, all beings, right down through, you know, through time, right back to when everything was underwater. This would be a really good thing to do. <coughs> you can do this. I think I already Yeah, yeah, you would have been leaning towards it. But I want to tell you, you're not imagining it. It's not frou-frou. It's actually very needed. Very good. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, when you say this, this whole thing about the fish, I remember years ago, this just has stayed with me, somebody in a satsang saying that coming to this planet, coming to this earth, coming to this lifetime felt to him like a barracuda crossing the freeway. So, um, I just, that, that that's just great. came back to me. Like, that's a good picture. This, this jointed feeling of coming and landing here into, I, I'm not like psychic like that, or I don't have these profound mystical experiences, but I just, that stayed with me, like that feeling of coming here into this density and feeling like you don't belong, like you belong to a completely different sphere, yes. environment, or... yes. Or, or, or whatever, but yes. why I had the need to share with you, I think it's something deeper that for me, like in the latter years, I've been feeling like my search for awakening, enlightenment, whatever you call it, like hooking up to the, to the self, to what Ramana called the self, or Muji, or all, yeah. a lot of teachers are you, but there's a part of me that has relinquished that, because there's sadness in it because I also keep on hearing these words of like, just you're, des you're either destined for this to happen or not. So feeling like if I'm not destined to be awakened, like why waste my time seeking it? But there's a sadness in it. It's like a part of me really, of course, has a longing. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be looking for teachers. But there's a part that feels like I need to give up that dream. Like, if it's going to happen, great. I welcome it. But if it's not going to happen, I don't want to have spend my life, you know, feeling regret. Yet there's there's sadness of thinking like it might not happen in this lifetime, and I really don't feel like I want to come back again. So I wanted to talk to you. Now. Okay, <clears throat> there's a few things in there. When you're really finished living. When it's really your last lifetime, you have a feeling of thousand more lifetimes, bring it on. I don't care. Yeah. Okay? So not wanting to come back, I would look at that. Because where there's resistance, the darn thing is gonna keep going. But the openness and the willingness to like, I don't care, let's keep it happening, whatever. It's like that's kind of a sign that you're probably at the end. Do you know? And you might come back or you might not to do some other work or in another form or something, but, but, but it's loose. It's loose. You've stepped out of the way. But as long as the ego is there saying, this is my last life, I don't want to come back again, it's like, actually, that, that thought is a problem. It's going to be a problem. So that's one thing to look at and say, okay, okay, can I, can I, can I dissolve it? Is, here's the next question. Is the pull inside you to look for teachers, as you say? 
Is that pull inside you something you can't help, or is it just an idea that you grabbed at? Then what chance have you got to make it stop? Uh-huh. <laughs> like, no, could you stop it? It's not that. It's not like my soul, my longing, my purpose. It feels to me like all my lifetimes have led to me coming to this point where it can't be helped. I don't think, I don't know. I don't have any knowledge of previous lifetimes. But yeah. I don't know if I've ever been a seeker for the yeah. truth. I, I don't know if I've ever been in this kind of experience before. I don't know. Yeah. But I know that I can't help it. Like It feels to me like I could give anything up but this thing of seeking the truth. <coughs> Everything else could fall away. And, and I have a, a strong marriage and I have children and I love them. It doesn't mean, thanks God, my husband's not here. Um, but um, it doesn't mean that I don't care or I don't love them in my physical form. But it, my soul is coming here to find the answers, to ask the questions, to seek the truth. Like, all right, this is a fear. Okay, this is a fear. Let's say I come back a bit again. But if I come back at this point in time where, I'm, where I know this is a priority in life to awaken, then I'm okay with that. But if I come back and I forget that this is a sad, all I've done for this, and I start from point zero, and maybe another hundred lifetimes before I get this curiosity again, you know, that's a fear. Like, I don't want to start from scratch. That. What you're describing is longing. It's just this longing. And so the longing is, is, is better than not having the longing, <coughs> not even realizing that there's a longing, you know? The, that, that thirst for truth. Yeah. And if you go back to being asleep, you gotta be okay with that too. When you're asleep, you don't know you're asleep, you know? <laughs> you really don't know you're asleep. There's an ignorance in it. There's a there's a, a blissful ignorance there. Doesn't feel comforting when you say that though. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. You don't, don't want to be any ignorant. I wanna. I don't. Yeah. Know. Yeah. The long. Now that I know that the, the our whole life, the whole purpose of life is being released from the samsara yes. wheel. Like yes. at least in this point in time, in this personality, I know that. Then, the, then it's no comfort to know I'll be awakened and I'll be a fool, so who cares? Yes. In this point in time, that doesn't sound comforting. Do you know what will work for you? If you make a, a, a solemn prayer, I'm looking for a word that's not so religious, but that's the phrase I have, like a clearly from your heart prayer of like, don't ever let me forget. That works. If you ask that, wherever my destiny is, don't ever let me forget again. You might live to regret that. (laughs) (laughs) And then it might be a prayer that you end up dissolving. But if it helps you right now, then that's something. Don't ever let me forget. And trust that, that, okay, okay. I'm, I'm moving from here up. I'm not going from here down. That does work. You know, it, it, it reminds me, I was about six years old, I'd say. 
I was young. And one of my sisters was studying for, all my sisters are older, so five of them. And one of them was, was studying for some exam. And all her books were on top of the table. And I saw there was a Bible there. And I was like, oh, look. We're not a very religious family, so the you know, Bible wasn't a thing. Like. So I was kind of, oh, yeah, look, look at this. And, um, and she, she goes, she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, that's my Bible. Is this what people swear in court to tell the truth? You know? Anyway, when she left the desk, I put my, she goes, oh, yeah, you put your right hand on it, you put your left hand up, and you say, I swear to tell the whole truth. And we see, we did this one. And she was telling me. Anyway, she left, I know, got off her desk. And I put my hand on the, on the Bible. Jesus. <laughs> Don't ever let me forget you. Don't ever let me forget you. Because big people forget you. And I know that what you're talking about is important. I know it is. Don't ever let me forget you. And of course, life goes on, you forget about it. And I became an atheist. I studied theology and it completely was like, whoa, that's, that's religion. So I threw out all everything, all everything. Like atheism was the way to go. So after five or six years of making a lot of people atheists, <laughs> uh, you know everything everything changed then. It's like it's like when you see dead people and you're an atheist, it kind of makes you turn upside down. So so after that first initial third eye opening, a couple of years later, one of my another sister says. You might have to go back into like Catholicism sometime to kind of make peace with it. And I'm like, spirituality has nothing to do with Catholicism. And it's like, oh, darn, she's right, she's right, she's right. You know, it's some place there at the back of my head. And lo and behold, of course, it rolled out. I'm like, oh my God, that's, I remember, I remember. And there was a potency that I could feel from that six-year-old. There was a potency of like, that did something, that did something. You know, when your, your intent is completely, fervently aligned with something, <coughs> and it's got to do with your soul's journey, it will work. That, that's when be careful what you ask for. But you can't go wrong in, in, in asking that, that you not fall asleep again. You know, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. Because surely once you start waking up, it's always better to know than to not know. Even though you're in ignorance and not realizing you're in ignorance. But the hunger for, for truth is so strong in you. I would do that like I did in this lifetime. I would do that again. Because it did influence me coming back around again. It did. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah. So then the other piece of your question was around your destiny. If it's your destiny not to wake up. In a way, that's the mind coming in trying to control it, I think. You know? Because if you can't stop this pull towards truth, even if you know it's not your destiny to, to fully wake up, it is your destiny, you're telling me, to walk the path towards it. Would you stop walking the path towards it if you knew you weren't going to attain enlightenment in this lifetime? No, because it's not something that can be helped. Yes. It's, it's, not, not. That, it's not something that can be helped. I've left organizations, I've left yeah. the form, but, but it always comes up in another form. Yeah. Know? It's not also that I'm, it's like this 
that I don't have satiety of seeking teachers. It's not the seeker identity anymore. Yes. I think that kind yes. of like crumbled yes. and collapsed. Great. Yes. The thing itself. It's yes, like, the thing itself. The awakening itself. Like yes. Anyone that's going to bring yes. me closer, like, I mean, this little, I have this little book, like, that's my teacher, that's not my teacher. Yes. But like any way, shape or form that brings me closer, it's like the pool is very, very strong, stronger than anything else I've ever had. So or, why does your mind imagine that if I know it's my destiny not to wake up, I, I won't waste my time at this? Well, it's not that. I wanted not to be like that, but I've heard it say that. I don't remember who's the sage, but Muji quotes him a lot. I live my human life as, as I should, and I let my destiny unfold. Like, it's not the destiny of everybody to awaken in this lifetime. So a part of me came to say, like, okay, I'm not going to be one of these people, like, completely frustrated about life if it doesn't happen, if it doesn't happen, if it's not meant to happen, because it's not up to me when it's really fully going to happen, when, when I'm going to be gifted with that. So the compromise is like, okay, if it's not my destiny, I'm still going to do this because I can't help it. But... It's not up to me, you know, in this human form, I cannot bring it about. Okay, here's what I'd like to do, is dissolve the idea that there's a goal. That's what's caught you there. And my guess on what Muji was saying there was in order to dissolve the seeker, the identification yes. with the yes. seeker. But you've seen through that, you're not out of that, you know that the, you're not caught in that, you know that the pull is much deeper. Okay, so, so, so that parks that a little bit. You, you've, you've, Choose that one and it's now done. That phrase of dissolving the seeker. The goal of waking up. You know, waking up is a process. And, and it was part of the ancient culture to make it like an attainable goal. And sure, there's an embodiment. There's that phase. But is it an actual goal? One day there's this huge experience and, and it's all over then. I have those experiences. Very, they, don't, they don't stay. Like, yeah. It's an experience. Whatever you want to call it, but they don't. But, but I know the one, the, the hallmark that I think I know, and you tell me if it's mental. But I've been declared awakening by a certain organization, and yeah. I knew it was bullshit. Yes. Why? <laughs> my environment didn't change. The way I'm reactive to life didn't change. Yeah. The way I'm reactive to my husband or my teenage son hasn't changed. Yeah. And I know that from knowing, being around people who have truly awakened. Not that they have a spiritual identity of awakening, yeah. but that have truly awakened is they don't react to the world in the same way they did before awakening. Right. This is close friends of mine that have gone through the experience in an authentic, organic yeah. way. You yeah. know it when it's in front of you. You yeah. know it when it's false. Yeah. You know it when it's somebody saying, I'm awakened, but they're doing all these That's things right. that are not... You know what I'm saying. I do. And you know it at the energetic level. So yeah. So this is the thing. I know that I'm not awakened, even though I've been declared awakened. So how do I know? Because my situation, my environment, my reactions to people have not changed. In the same way that I will know when I have awakened, it's not going to be from an ego standpoint of saying, oh, I'm awakened, because I was told, no, I'm going to feel it in my daily life, in my daily experience, that I'm different than I was before. I don't know anybody who, who, <coughs> who, who recognized they were awake themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm. Anybody that I've asked, it ended up somebody else telling them. Because you can't see, you lose the reference points. So you, can, you, can, you, you, you can't see yourself. There isn't enough of you there to see where you are. But you do know when you're not awakened. You do. That's the thing. That's right. 
So if I've been told I'm awake and I know it's bullshit, it's bullshit. Yeah. That's good problem. for you for being honest enough. Well, I just... Because there's a lot of people who go, I oh, walk they told me to teach that. And I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I could I'm walk into that spiritual identity, sure. which is, I think, much more dangerous than your regular ego. Your spiritual ego, it's much harder to Correct. solve. Correct. Now you think, oh, I got it. Now I'm sure. going to teach it That's to somebody right. else. That's right. You can create... You that, can do a lot of harm. Yeah, and that happens. But, right. And I've seen that. I've yeah. been a victim of those teachers. Sure, you know, like, sure. That's you call them Christianity false prophets or whatever. Uh -huh. I know I'm not there, so uh -huh. that's the thing. Okay. Okay. When you are there, you won't know. <laughs> you won't know. It takes somebody else to tell you. Maybe I won't know, but maybe when they tell me, I'm not going to say, that's bullshit. I'm going to say, ah. Oh. That's right. Maybe it's I'm like, say, I am acting oh. differently. I'm, I am responding yeah. differently. Like I'm not so reactive as I used to be. Those things are not bothering me as much. Yeah, you, you don't even have that much of a, an ability to self-reflect. I don't like, know what it is because I'm not. Yeah, aware. it's it's even less. It's even thinner. The sense of yourself. It really has to be mirrored from the outside. You know, it's and that's why I ask people, when did you believe a thought about yourself last? When it's because you 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 really. You don't have those thoughts, and you don't know that they're absent, and you don't know their absence means anything. Do you see? Because none of that is running, because you're just present. So yes, you can know when you're not, but you won't know when you are. So the goal of awakening, that served really well in those other cultures that brought these teachings to us. It served really well, because we are goal-driven. We love goals. Achieve this, achieve this. Achieve. That's how we function. So, of course, awakening plopped right into that framework that our brains understand. It's just not that tight. And I think the framework of is it my destiny to wake up or not is part of the tight structure of goals. You see? And like, the, the way I teach is about, yeah, awakening is, is, is just something along the way, but let's, let's go deeper than the non-dual teachings. That's just, that's just one section of it. You know, so it's like it's an ongoing process. And a lot of people I work with are awake. I'm awake. But I'm not into endorsing teachers. I'm just like, no. If you're going to teach, you're going to be grabbed by the scruff of the neck against your will like to teach. Like this book. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I yeah. heard recently Rupert Spears saying, and I've heard this CD a hundred times, but I don't know why it's so often. He said, meditation is not something we do. It's something we are. And that's the thing. Like, it's You merge into this yes. way of being. It's yes. not something, it's you not do. an action that has a beginning and a That's right. You melt into it's it. It's what you become. Yeah. Yeah. So an ice cube melting in the sun. Oh, I'm becoming water, I'm becoming water. No, the ice cube is just diminishing, 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 diminishing. You've always been you know, <laughs> And you've always been water. Exactly. It's just the, the hard piece dissolves. Do you know? And the essence is the same. It's very smooth. It's very smooth. So why then this sadness that I have over, like, if I'm faking that I'm accepting it, I'm not really, like, why this sadness over losing it this time around? Yeah. Yeah. Is that annoying or is that a mental construct? Yeah, there's, there's, some, there's some bit of um, old conditioning or old influence there around, is, is it, um, okay, I, 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 I have to cruise around it for a little bit to find it. Um, 
it's something like I mightn't get it. It's it's some pattern of like I'm queuing up for something and I've paid my entrance fee and everybody else gets it but not me. There's some there's some old pattern of that. I I've done everything I'm supposed to do and they got it and I didn't. I'm good at basketball, they all get picked and I'm last. What? It's there's some pattern of that that you're identifying with. You're nodding, so we're onto something. Yeah, no, I, I feel it, I can't put my finger on it. There we go. I don't know where you originated, but yes. you're addressing the right thing. That's it. So there's some experience of that. Like there's nothing more I can do to yes. get, but that's from the person, I know. It's from I'm the person. saying it, I know it's from the person. That's right. There's, that's nothing, right. there's no more action I can do to make it happen. Yeah. So then, from, from the, the conditioned pattern, the pattern that's there, that's coming in on, on the Enlightenment story, from that conditioned pattern, we need to heal that. So that, you know, I play a part in it, and God plays a part in it. I'll do my bit, then it's over to you, mate. I'd like more of this. Rather than kind of like this, I've done everything. And that's the big thing. Yeah. That's what's playing here. That's what's playing here. Yeah, I do my part, that's it. I'm I'm good with, with, with my deal. This would be a you know a way to heal that old pattern and and leave it much freer for awakening to uh, for for your system to be open to it because right now it mightn't happen. That's the piece of conditioning I'm after. Because I'm familiar with paying my dues and I'm not getting the result. I'm familiar with that. And if we bring that, that pattern of your perception of reality, of the world, if we, if we don't break that down, of course, I do everything I do, but I'm not going to get the reward. But it's almost like it was easy to, 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 to look at it in a nostalgic, sad way and to be angry at God for not giving it to me, but that's underneath there too. Like, yes, yes. Yes. Well, I might to be demanding of God, but like, hey, I've done my share, where's your... Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and really what we're talking about is we're using the enlightenment example to unpack something that has nothing to do with enlightenment. That has nothing, nothing to do with enlightenment. But your mind has applied the enlightenment story to it, and this is what makes you think it might be on your destiny. That's where that belief is originating. You see? How do you go that? How do you resolve that? But you're at it because what you what you've done now is you've recognised that it's the victim who says, "I did my bit, and you have all the power, and you're not giving me the candy, and I've paid for it, and you're not giving it to me." Okay, so the victim is gone. So so after you recognise the victim, you were like, "Whoa!" The next option would be anger. It's like, okay, now you're beginning to get your power, but you're still pushing. You're not autonomously in your power. You're still pushing. You're like, "Well, bloody hell, you're supposed to do your part. Come on." It's like, okay, all right, here we, we, now we're being a little bit of the bully, okay? Now we're flipping the victim to the bully, all right, okay. I want you to transcend both. So be with the two of them. You know the victim one very well. Be with the bully for a bit, knowing that you're going to shift out of that and coming into your own autonomy of like, I'm doing my bit. There's, I'm not letting grace be this like lofty thing. It's like, I'm doing my bit, that's it. it it's inevitable that, that waking up is happening because I'm walking that path. It's inevitable. And I'd like you to have that certainty and within your own independent self. Just that knowing of like, 
I'm breaking the obstacle, which is the ego, so of course, if there's enough of it broken, it's going to shine through. Yeah? Yes. Well done. There's a few layers there. Well done. That was, that was, uh, that, that's very deep. Okay, there's a few hands up there. Yeah? The mic is beside you. I have a, a question, I guess. I have a lot of similarities to her. It's like, I'm on the path, I can't help it. <coughs> yeah. Things just show up sometimes, I don't even ask. And they appear like coming here. Um, but I just started working with a teacher, and one of the main things is spending an hour in meditation. Mm -hmm. And it's like that really rubs me wrong because to me, meditation is when you're moving about and things are happening and how you're receiving them and processing them. Maybe mm -hmm. that's the way I would describe it. Mm -hmm. So is there a value in sitting silently for hours? <laughs> An hour? An hour or more. <laughs> I've done that a lot. For, I was in a, a group and I meditated for at least two hours every day. And the only thing I felt I really got out of it was I missed sunrise and sunset every day. And I, I, I missed it. And I finally said, I want to live life. I want to enjoy these beautiful things. And I'll just process what comes to me. Okay. So here's what I'm after. It feels like you're the child asking the parent for permission to do something. Okay. Can you be the parent of yourself? Well, if I was a parent, I would just say, do what you feel like is right. <laughs> would you? Would I as a child or the No, as the parent, parent, that's what you would say? Do what you feel is right? I don't know if I can go there. I feel more like the child that's waiting for instructions. Yeah. And, and I want to break that. The pattern of being the child. I want you to have your own... To take more ownership over your path. For you to be able to discern inside. I want to make that shift from being the child to being the adult where you discern. And you're like... Because right now it's about, can, can, I, can I break that person's rule? And will you tell me what I want to hear? Yeah. You know, and it's like, mm, the real issue here is I want to awaken your discernment. Because you're like, no, my resistance to meditation is just started resistance. I'm going to do it. Or for you to feel, no, that actually is an hour of wasting time. I can do an hour of spiritual practice in a much more authentic way that gives me better results. I want you to be able to discern, to feel inside. So it's not your head trying to, you know, play the game, be good, be bad, be, you know, how, how can I, you see? I want to move from the kid into the adult who can listen to a deeper place and find out what's right for her. Um, what's coming up again is this not a fear. <laughs> like, whoa, I better not go there <laughs> because big trouble will follow. What would be the punishment? And from home. Well, after I spoke the first evening, I thought about fear, and, and I recall when I was young, I used to have 
frequent recurrent dreams about um, a rabbit dog chasing me, and I couldn't get in my house. I, the door would be locked, and I couldn't get in. And, and I have this underlying fear of, of literally being ripped apart. That's like one of my deepest fears, and I don't know where that came from. Oof. Mm. So it's like if I um, go against that fear that kind of protects me, I might get ripped apart. <laughs> Have you had some surgeries? Have you had a good few surgeries in this life? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, in two year time, I had eight surgeries. And this year, I've had another one. Yeah. What's what? Yeah. Yeah, you have, yeah. You have. It's it's very much um, mm -hmm. alive. I can see it. It's very alive. Yeah, that's our way of ripping ourselves apart, isn't it? Yeah. I'd like you to claim ownership over your body. To own your body. There's an underlying feeling that your body is at the mercy of some other powers. And then, of course, your own power and your own autonomy. You see, it's, it's all about you claiming your own ownership, claiming your own power, stepping into your own woman, adulthood. And your body isn't your own. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so actually that thought has been coming to me lately because I'm having a lot of dental problems that aren't going well, and it's like, I have to step forward here. I guess another memory came to me. Um, when I was born, I had a growth in my ear, and when I was a few months old, I was hospitalized, but my mother couldn't remember why. And, um, when you said, like, turning your body over, it's like, that maybe started there. It was never I have yours. no conscious memory. <laughs> it was never yours. Yeah, it was never yours. That's what you're telling me. It was never yours. Yeah. And so I let other people yeah. make the decision to say, well, you should do this or you should do that. That's right. My body's at the mercy for others to fix, use, tear, take a piece of it. <laughs> It would have shown up through sex, through how you mind your body. It would have shown up everywhere. So, what about taking that beautiful body as yours? You have to own your body in order to find out your natural body. You have to own it first. We have to tidy up all the new sets, you know? You see? And your beautiful body needs to be pulled into you, you know? One, here, here's one technique that, that does this. And you might find your own version of it. That's what I think might happen. Stand naked in front of the mirror. It's like this. Yeah, look at your scrimmaging. Yeah. I took that part too. <laughs> Yeah, when you claim what you have. Your body is your body. Your body is your body. You, we have to take it back. Yes. 
have a lot of feelings coming up now. Like, yeah, of course, because we're breaking a whole paradigm. We're introducing something that was never there for you. Of course, it's, it's tough. like giving away parts I didn't do. Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad there's grief for your own body. I'm so glad. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But what's left can be yours. <laughs> Is yours. Yeah. <laughs> and those other parts are still yours too. You know? Naked in front of a mirror. <laughs> okay? And going through your body. You could start at the top, start at the bottom, start at your limbs, work, it doesn't matter. But you go through the whole body. This is my body and I claim it. And nobody has access to it unless I give them permission to have access to it. And you work through it. This is my hair. Nobody can touch it, cut it, do anything to it without my permission. It's mine. You work right through your body. Inside organs, outside organs, the whole lot. Until you're like, all right, here it is, and it's mine. Bugger off. <laughs> this is mine. It will change your health, it will change your relationship with your body, and it's going to free you up spiritually. It can strengthen your immune system, actually. <clears throat> but, but, you know, you have to do it as many times until it's like, Okay, there's the layers, and you're well able to access, and you're honest enough with yourself that you can access whatever layer it needs to be processed in order to get to it. But I want you to get to the point of like, this is my beautiful body, and I'm in charge of it. I'm in charge of it, and I'm going to bring in supports as I need them, not as you guys decide. I'm in charge of it. It's my body. That's where I'd like to see you. Thank you. Thursday when I go to the <laughs> Maybe. It might take a while. Yeah. But that's okay. You, you need to claim your body. And even on Thursday, when you're, when you're on the dentist's chair, it's like, I'm paying him to help me, but out the box here. I'm not opening my mouth in complete victim and seeing what he does. I'm in charge here. And see what it feels like to be the boss of your own dental work. Yeah. Up a lot. Yeah. 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 Good for you, girl. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. You're you're very courageous, you know. You are. I don't know. like it, but it's true, though. You, you are very courageous. You are, yeah. Yeah, you are. It, it, your courage is very strong underneath the layers of conditioning. It's it's actually very strong, and I want to like. Come on, girl. Come on. Yeah, it's your time. I've had a tough year. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but you're coming into your room, you know. Yeah, yeah that I just have to add that's why I'm really glad that I that whatever led me here led me here because this is exactly what I need and now my life is like completely changed and I'm open. You are you're very open, which is beautiful. Okay. Wherever you wherever the mics go. I don't know the sequence. So I definitely relate to everything that's happened all weekend, um, pieces of everything in my mirrors in the room everywhere. Um, that definitely triggered me about the, I feel like sometimes 
like when a cop comes behind me, that I've done something wrong before I've done something wrong, even though I know I haven't done something wrong. Yeah. Um, and so I know that that's a pattern that I'm not sure where it comes from because I've done a lot of pattern releasing, vow releasing. I've done this work for many years. Sometimes you're too close to something to see it, but I can feel the reaction um, that it even shows up in my life where my husband's like, why are you reacting the way you're acting? It's just a cop. And I'm like, I have no idea, but it comes from some depth place of, like, I'm going to get caught doing something I shouldn't do, but yet I'm not doing something to merit that. So that's one piece I was hoping you could help me with, and then I have another half which just happened over here as well. Okay. Give me the other piece as well. Um, so the other part is um, the physical body. Yeah. Um, I was born underweight. Um, I was really small up until I was 12, and then I had my tonsils taken out. And I was in the recovery room, and the doctor stated to parents, she's now going to have a weight problem. Um, you I, I owned it, yes. And I owned it, and so, of course, I agreed, and I took it on, and I did. About 10 years ago, when I was doing some very in-depth work like this, I discovered that it wasn't my parents the doctor was referring to, and it wasn't me he was referring to, but because I was in that state of consciousness, I didn't know the difference, and yeah. so I owned it. You took it literally. I took it literally. Um, and so I was able to clear that and start to you know, get on the healthy aspect, cleaning up my diet tremendously. I've been doing a lot of work to be healthy, not to be physically perfect. I did a lot of things to bring the body in, like acting and modeling. And my mom was a perfectionist, you know, so I brought a parent in who made me always feel lesser than physically and things like that, because that taught me, which I honor. Um, and I lost a lot of weight years ago, and then everyone told me I looked too thin and I was too small, so I, again, gave away my power to giving back in and saying, okay, you know, I'm not going to take power in my own body. Everyone dictates what I'm allowed to look like. And I know I've come from other stars and locations, and I think I've always rejected the physical, Yeah. Um, as well as the gal who said she had many male lifetimes. Yes. I know I've had many males in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just wondering, there's a piece that I cannot see for myself, because even my sitting uh, metabolic rate I had tested, they're like, you should not have a weight issue at all. Just yeah. sitting, you burn more calories than some people who work out. So I'm not seeing the part that I'm resisting to allow my body to naturally, organically, you know, be as healthy as it could be. And I'm not, I'm not certain where that's coming from. So I don't know if they're interrelated <coughs> or not, but it was interesting that they kind of came up together over here. So Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about protection. What's your relationship with protection? As far as in what do you happen? feel you need to be protected? Do you feel like do you feel vulnerable, naked, open? Where are you at with protection? Does um, it feature? Not any longer. I would say years ago, yes. Um, I've I've built a very strong spiritual sense of connection. Um, so. I feel safe in my life. I think it's deeper than that. I think it's from another time, another place. Um, so tell me what happens when a cop is behind you. Why isn't there protection and your divine connection at that moment? It doesn't even come into thought. It's a reaction to um, 
being caught or something or being, it's kind of like getting your hand caught in the cookie jar. You know, someone comes in and turns the light on and goes, aha, you know, and you're like, you know, the little child to the parent, like, yeah, I'm not supposed to be doing that. Or even though it's not logical, it doesn't have to be logical. Um, <coughs> it's just a reaction, like a physical reaction of doing or being caught, <coughs> being seen, which rejects the body of, you know, not wanting to. It's like there's a part of you who wants to be seen in, in today's society, obviously, you know, the magazines and women and things like that. But then there's a part where I reject that, which if I stay overweight or I stay not in the way that I could, maybe they <coughs> won't see me like it's not safe to be seen, which I've done a lot of work around that. But I think there's something that I'm just not unplugging from. Nice. I like it. It's like I'm sick of it. You know, it's like, okay. Where's that piece I'm not? So what's the punishment for being seen? Well, in both lifetimes I was killed. <laughs> okay. Obviously. Um, you know. And now? I'm not sure. That's the part I'm not. So if you, if you tune into the thought that, okay, I, I'm going to do something in my work that makes me very, very visible, what will that bring up? They want a part of you. I mean, that's why it took until Patty shared. I was going to share yesterday, and it didn't. Did they all work yeah. on it? Yeah, yeah. We needed to please. That's why I quit the industry, too, because they always want a part of you. And your part's not good enough, too. Yes. Yes. We want it, but it's not perfect. Yes. But we'll take it anyway. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and equally, we could say that's how you interpreted it, because of your own passion. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of women are attracted to that same industry because of that same passion, because it's very strong in society. Yeah, create, a, create an industry where you reject it all the time. Where you reject it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keeps you wanting more. So we draw a line in the sand where nobody can take anything from you if what is rightfully yours. So I've, I've reached a layer of it now where, um, where, where there's, mm, okay, there's a big confusion here of what's yours and what's somebody else's. Um, mm, God, this is tricky. You 
if we keep it about your body, it's much cleaner. But the energetics are very confusing. Because there's an energetic play. Shoot, I, I, I'm really having trouble finding words for this. In spiritual, okay, okay, it's going to sound bonkers. Here we go. In spiritual dimensions, it feels like that other, like your spiritual body can be taken. You can be dragged to other places. Parts of your energy field and your energy body can be taken, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so the laws, the laws of the two realms are getting mixed up, mm-hmm. right? So we've got the physical body, and for Patty, it's very clear. It's physical body. It's got to do with this incarnation, like. The healing of it is in this incarnation. It's very clear. But as I drop into you, we like it's like, okay, we're going to draw a line in the sand there. Nobody can take, like, the idea that somebody can take part of you is gone. And it's like, oh, actually, if we go down to her energy body, this is an entirely different set of laws. Mm-hmm. And things can happen to you where psychically you don't have a good boundary all the time. So that's a different type of a claiming ownership over yourself. And that has to do with you being more potent, spiritually more potent. Mm-hmm. I'd love to give you like a staff, you know, and like use this in every dimension that you have access to. <coughs> you know, stand up and be a, a force to be reckoned with. How you use your... your, your um, your potency in the spiritual domain is actually more significant than how you use it in the physical. That's, that's where shit happens to you. Right? This slide in my card is a magician and I'm a psychic by trade. Ah, okay. In this slide. All right, then it's not complete bonkers what I'm saying at all. I'm like, I'm going to translate this if this is completely new to her. Okay, fantastic. All right. Which is why I play small and don't want to. Which is why you play small. Which is why you play small. So I need to heal it there. You need to heal it there. Which is why I couldn't find it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like stand beside Kali. That that that'd be fitting. I'm not bullshitting yet. I mean, stand beside Kali as an equal. That's kind of potency that runs through your system. Alright? Yeah. Yeah. That's what's trying to run. And it's a female. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. It's a female power you haven't you haven't grabbed. Yeah. You can do the male part of the states. Yeah. Now I've got it You've got it down. You've got it down, yeah. So it's like Kali. Kali Kali's your is your model, you know? Get a picture of her or something, or just whatever. You can find her anyway immediately. You can find her. So, so I want you to like embody, yeah, yeah, up there. And then when you're ready, yep, I can bring it down into my work. Or oh yeah, I brought her in today. All right, until it becomes normal. That that uh, curly incarnation can happen through your system. All right, that's great. Thank you. All right, so we need to pull those pieces together, which is like why I like Wonder Woman. Ah, uh, super. Yeah, I bet you. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Dress up as her next week. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> really, really. It's like, let yourself play them. Yeah. What's happening tomorrow? No, she should dress up tomorrow as one of Yeah, 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 indeed. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think it's Halloween. Yeah, yeah, it's a well done, well done. It's super. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. You kind of look like <laughs> yeah, she does a bit of a her yeah. yeah, that's why I got my dog, Wonder, a little cape, and she's wondering. Ah, <laughs> that makes sense. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, 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 have gotta pull all the parts of you together. You see, and it's, it's like that level of potency is, is what you've been shying away from. Okay, I'm just back with the cop car. Is there anything there? Will that resolve itself? I wonder would Kylie actually have a reaction if there's a cop car whirring behind her? <laughs> I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Maybe you had an incarnation in Mexico with a corrupt cop. <laughs> They exist here too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. We've a good few hands up. Um, um, I don't know what hand is up where. Is it something in connection with this? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, There's an energy popping out of the sky. Can I jump the queue there? Yeah. Yes. So literally, I was a policeman for 10 years, and I'm behind you right now. <laughs> so I don't know if there's some aspect of that dialogue that maybe we could have that could work through some of that. But policemen in general um, aren't looking to go after people. It's Their attention is caught by people doing crazy stuff. And um, it's not a vendetta with the public. It's not... I mean, you see movies and TV shows and all these things about corruption and, and evil cops trying to get people. And I mean, I worked in one of the most, in Orange County, in Huntington Beach. Um, you know, there's millions of people who live here, and this department is, you know, 300 people. <coughs> I never once saw any of that behavior there. Sure, there's unconsciousness, absolutely, but. The, the general motto of cops is they want to stop bad people from doing bad things to good people. That's, that's really it. Um, is there anything that you wanted to maybe ask? I think it's the reaction to the sound and light, too, like the siren, you know. So that's, that's part of the intimidation game that they play to scare people to, so that they don't get attacked because they're terrified. That's why all the guns, that's why all the big shiny stuff, that's why all the weapons, it's fear. So you might actually be picking up on our fear and healing that for us. As opposed to it being your problem. <laughs> Most of our tactics and stuff are about, are about fear. They're all about that. And, and police don't know how to meet people like we do here. 
So they go in, they don't have the tools to deal with somebody who's been triggered, and they don't have the tools to deal with how they've been triggered. And so when they get triggered, they feel like they're going to die, like most of us do when we feel like the emotion's gonna come and swallow us. And so they start trying to take control with force. That's what they're trained to do. And so that's why when you challenge them, when they get pulled over and you say, I didn't do this or whatever, they get real defensive. They're going by. <laughs> 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 They're coming. You know? Yeah. So I just react. But yeah. Thank you. Sure. Please feel free. If something comes up, I'm, I'm happy to share. Thanks so much for that. You're a beautiful car. Can I have a quick Yes. 
I don't know, maybe it's the same thing and I just don't see it. Um, I have been asking questions and I feel like I'm not asking the right question. I feel like a Percival in a way, you know, King Arthur's story, <coughs> the guy who, who saw the, the king and didn't ask the question and then he had to, I don't know, search a bunch more or something. That's kind of how I feel. I feel like there's something deeper than that. You know, I've been sifting through things. So yeah, there's a softness piece, there's a senior piece or whatever, but it's like sifting and it's like, this is not what I'm, I, I'm like, please Jack, pull the plug. I'm like, I'm pretending you're like crazy. Yes, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, I have, yes. then I have, I'm, I'm so, so, so grateful for you, Liana. I just, I was, I so appreciate it. I have been, you know, I had this thing that somebody told me you're awake and then I'm like, shit, I, sorry, I, I don't really feel that. It, the, the, there's there's yeah. not much, yes, I have those states. Absolutely. Yes. I can yes. go there and then everything's beautiful or I can go a little bit deeper or whatever. Yeah. That's all there and I can see through things and it comes more easily, yeah. way more easily. So it's, it's, it's you know, there's yeah. a lot of shifting going on. Uh -huh. That I can see and uh -huh. I know that I can, it can be there for a while. Uh -huh. Something lifts me up and then I can stay there for a while and, and I'm like, what are they talking about? You know, when people are speaking, so one friend was asking, well, how do I prepare for this workshop? And I thought, this is so ridiculous. Yes. You know? So I was looking from a different perspective. Yes. And then I come here and I'm like, I'm not asking the right question. It's, it's like, what, what, what's deeper than that? Yes. And the very, very first evening when you were talking about this, so you, I had never heard that before. So there was this, you know, whatever kind of the, the, the clarity, and then there is this non-dual thing. And then there was something you were talking about, but you were not just talking about it. You were, there was this, my, I tried to say that, and I'm thinking, it was like a visceral thing for me. My body was reacting to something when you said, this, this, that's deeper than non-dual. Yes. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that that exists. Yes. And that's why I want to go. Yes. And it's not a, um, I don't know, words came me a little bit in this, but it's not much of a goal. It's a physical pull. It's my body is saying, oh, this is interesting. It's, but it's not just a mental curiosity. It's just like, take me there. That's, that's what I actually want to talk about, and I don't know how to talk about it. I don't want to talk about the fear part, or the that's all well and good, and that's obviously, this body needs to work for all this crap, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, and I don't know where I'm on this map, all I know is like this, whatever they told me about this awakening thing, doesn't seem to be happening for me, even if I have been told, and uh, normally I would never speak this, because you know, you get silence with this, and also it looks kind of nice, you know. Um, so. <laughs> but I don't feel like I get a lot of mileage out of it because it doesn't feel right. It doesn't sit right with me. And that's one thing I know about myself. The way I function best is when I'm really true to myself the best I can. To this, this more authentic part, this more honest part that always offends people. So we end. So we end. Well done. Well done. Yes. What's underneath those other layers that hide? Yes. Yeah. All right. There's also a part. I think it, yes, I do want to add this because it so stunned me. Um, this gentleman talking about this other lifetime. It's something that's completely foreign to me, yes. and yet when when he said. It's so primitive here. I'm like, yes, that's how I feel. Yeah. It. 
There's so much smoke. Yes. And, and I, there's, there's a strong resistance. So I know there's fear, there's resistance. I don't want to be here. Um, and it's not about, you know, this is my last lifetime or whatever. Yeah. The, 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 none of that. Yeah, that's just, not running. Mm. I just, I do know that I didn't want to be born. That when, when, when at first I, I, I did some something, and when, I, when, when, when this first went into, you know, into the womb, yeah, no good, yeah. Hmm. But you stayed. You stayed. Apparently so. Yes. <laughs> having a hard time with it. Sure, sure. It's not easy. see what's in the middle of it, in a way. Yes. I really feel like that, I think, you know, I'm talking around the question I want to ask. I really don't know how. And I, I'm sure, you know, like I can see for other people a little bit more. Okay. Same thing. I, I okay. really don't, don't know. So I, pretty much the best way I can say is as deep as I can go, I would like to go. And I really don't know how to ask for it. Okay. As deep as, as, as you are able to access, it can make a sound. I can, I can hear the frequency of it. But when, when the language part of your brain kicks in, it's, it, it, it's not able to communicate it. So the sound that's, that's the deepest part of you, let it use voice. Let it use voice, let it use sound. Something completely prohibits that. Something is completely asking and inviting. Is there any other way to? Let's try. How? We're going to park the mind. We're going to honor the deepest part. We're going to not ask it for a question. We're going to give it permission to use your throat, to use your vocal cords, to use sound. You can do this. You can do this. 
can't park the mind? No, it's, it's always going to this filter. It's like immediately kicks in. Then in spite of your mind, in spite of your mind, we're going to give amplification and voice and sound. All right? I do need more help with that to even where do I need to go for this? Okay, the deepest part. It's someplace way down like in your pelvis. And we're going to breathe from there. And if it's just a breath, it's fine. And if it wants to make a sound, it's fine. There is no way of knowing what it sounds like. It hasn't had a voice before, but it needs to have a voice now. It has something to express. And it's not of this world. And that's okay. You made me sit in the chair. Pardon? I said you really made me sit in a new chair. <laughs> yes. Well done. That came from a place that was deeper than an anjou. Energetically, it was deeper than an anjou. That's home. That's home. So it, it will help, no, that's too much of the world, um, okay, here's a bridge. Some people cried as you made that sound. One person was bowing down because of the sacredness of it. Some people looked like 
don't know what the heck is going on. <laughs> That's how I would have looked. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. But there was a palpable feeling of awe and reverence. Palpable. At least half the people had just this smile, this like serenity, calm, peace, some recognition somewhere, whether people knew they were smiling or not. But half the people were smiling. It's completely fine to me. But it's very familiar, yes. Yes, how come there was that reaction, those reactions from people? And it makes all the like all the stuff that we talk about like on this level make sounds really insane. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in case Hayat wasn't heard there, it may, and for the audio also, she said it makes all this other stuff that we talk about sound completely insane. <laughs> Which it is, of course, it is. It's bonkers, and it's extremely primitive what we talk about. Extremely primitive. If, if you can recognize that, great. If you can't, don't dismiss it. Just like, okay, that's a point of view. Maybe, maybe not. But don't, don't pull the shutter on that. Let, let yourself expand and extend into, um, you know, what, what, what is much, much deeper than your human expression. And, and, and we're... we're we're bringing what is deeper and prior to all of it in here. So we're actually doing something very significant for this place that doesn't really matter at all. No. <laughs> Do you see? Now we're in paradox area. Can you explain this for the conscious mind a little bit? I think it would help. It's... Yeah. yeah. I, I, I guess there was a part that trusted enough to yeah. eventually... F- yeah. If it took me four hours to encourage you, I would have done it. It's like, this needs to happen. If you had gone out here today and not done that, you wouldn't have gotten any further in this life. You wouldn't have. You'd have been trying to make it work. And trying. It's like, this is her moment. This is her moment. This is, this is, this is her moment. This, this unlocking of the depth that, that you've always known about, but had no way to bridge it here. It's like, okay, it's lined up. It's lined up. It's lined up. Yeah, it's lined up. Yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah, the whole thing lifted, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if people are able to access that depth, great. And if they're not, just know that it's a little bit of magic. But if you don't know how to use it yet, it's fine. It's enough that you're in it, and you're in the presence of it, you know? Well, it, it was sacred. It was, I, was, I was sitting here vibrating. Yeah, completely sacred. And it's home, yeah. Or beyond sacred. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want you to keep that openness within you, to honor it. It's yours. You know, you don't have to talk about it, you don't have to make anything of it, it's yours. It's about you honouring that. You know? I feel 
feel something in my body, but it's so foreign to my mind yeah. that I really don't know what <laughs> what to do with it. I don't know that's words. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Let it be there. Let it be there. Maybe is it okay if I check in towards the Of end course, of the everything is okay. Of course. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I think yeah. I don't get any, yeah. you know, I'm, yeah. it just takes a little bit of time to sit with it. Absolutely. absolutely. It's not for the mind. Pardon? It's not for the mind. Yeah, it's not for the mind, but still in her I body, something needs to come together. Yes. Yeah. But yes. of course, and it's the mind is like, mind, you're beautiful, you're a great tool for the external world, but you don't know shit about this. <laughs> you know? And, and that's fine. And for the mind to know its parameters. Can we pass the mic there? Sorry. Thank you. When, when she was verbalizing the sounds, the image that came to me was many of us are in like a cave trapped and that animal is from the guttural, making that sound, like, to get out, they're trapped. And that was the image, and I'm not sure what primitive animal it was that I was hearing, but it was coming from the depths Yes. Um, in yes. that capacity. And at the same time, I'm extremely fascinated by fireworks and stars and mm. lights and crystals. And, um, I can't have enough crystals, clear crystals, because it reminds me of home, wherever yeah. that is. Um, and so the light body and the sound body were coming and merging while she was verbalizing these, these sounds because it's so familiar. Yeah. <clears throat> so thank you. Sid has a hand Jack, I got a question about drugs. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm going back to Costa Rica for two months in January and going back to the place where I was last time where they do every month they do an ayahuasca journey and then peyote journey and I didn't do it last time uh, but I'm considering it this time but I wanted to get your opinion you know about concerns about my body and also not being kind of too thrown by the experience or not um, what do you what do you think so there's two things that would be useful, I think, to keep in mind. One is you need to make sure that the shaman knows what they're doing. You well, that's the thing. There's a pretty, that, that's pretty crappy, that part of it. That's going to be kind of left to myself to do. Yeah, you, 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 you need someone to hold the space. That, you, you, it, it needs to be in a container. Plant medicine needs to be in a container to go to the depth that it can go safely. And if, if there isn't a shaman who can hold the space, I wouldn't touch it. That's the first thing. I, that would, I just wouldn't touch it. The second thing is always ask, if the shaman is okay, ask yourself, like, okay, <coughs> talk to the spirit medicine, say, like, okay, Ayahuasca, are you calling me? Are you calling me? You've got to get a yes or no. You know? San Pedro or Peyote, are you calling me? Are you calling me? Am I to come? I've forgotten if it was part of your journey. If so, or if not, how is it helpful in awakening? Yeah. It, it, it works on your, it works on many levels. But for me, it worked on my neurology a lot, a lot. 
it healed obsessive thoughts, repetitive thoughts that wouldn't, like, just wouldn't freaking stop running. You know, just old loops. It healed, actually dissolved them, blew them out, gone. Gone. And it... It certainly helped me to go deeper in my perception. It certainly did. It helped me to break through from... I don't know this for sure, but my gut says... I don't know if I'd have gone deeper than non-dual if I hadn't had a drug history. Sacred medicine, drugs, I don't know, like one led me into the other at some point. One more thing. I, I, it's the, the, the shaman part of it, because... You know, I'm not a kid anymore, and I have a sense that I can, you know, kind of hold my own container. And so I, there's a little, re, re, there's a little resistance to that, just because I don't know. I'm having a hard time seeing the need for that part of it, um, in thinking that I can kind of hold my just as I meditate, hold my own space for the journey and watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not it a chance. Doesn't, doesn't sound right. Not a chance. No chance. You, 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 you can't. That's the whole point of the medicine: is you can't steer it. There, something else is having its way with you. Something else is going on and and driving the ship, and you are at its mercy. It can pin you to the floor. It can keep you vomiting for six hours. I mean, it it will do what it wants to do. It can bring you into the darkest hell. It can catapult you out to outer space, and you have no way to navigate your way home. None. Unless somebody's holding the space for you to, to pull it back in. Like, I've had people, like, after a ceremony where they couldn't hold me. And I trusted the main person leading it, and then they had all these helpers. The helpers weren't, were, Jesus, really? Had no depth at all. And even the leader at the end of it, I was completely and totally, I was like, you need to bring me back here. Something needs to happen. I couldn't walk, I couldn't do anything. And I was just lying on the floor, and ceremony was closed, everybody was out, you know, just kind of stoned, walking, trying to gather themselves together, eat some food, just come back, you know. And I was just like, on the floor, on the floor, nothing happened. And my uterus started to rush blood. I mean, everything was destroyed. And the shaman and her team were around the place, and I was like, would you just get them away? But I couldn't even speak. Just get them away, like, get them to clue what's going on. It took them, I don't know, two, three hours of hymns, 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 chanting, chimes, trying to bring me back, trying to bring me back. That was a good chant. That was a good chant. Is this for mushrooms? Do you know? Hmm? Is this for mushrooms? Yeah, but mushrooms are borderline. You know? They're borderline. Like, they can be used in. Yeah, mushrooms are different. And I'm talking about real plant medicine, not just the hallucinogenics, you know? The, the real plant medicine of like, that's only used in sacred ceremony. You know, ayahuasca, San Pedro, that kind of stuff. You know, Santa Dami. That material is absolutely has to be held. Absolutely, you're just messing with a furnace if, if it's not held. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a whole other game of cards. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to play by the rules. It's, Mm-hmm. The mic is on its way up. Um, this is kind of 
little weird to talk about, but we're talking about weird things. Yeah, it seems to be today. I'm so glad that um, right in back of um, Robin, because it's kind of the same question, but you mentioned about being spiritually taken in a, a different like dimension that you have no control over. And um, so I remember a life very strongly, and it was actually verified that um, I, I'm not going to talk to the major details, you know, minor major details of it, but I was at a very high initiate yeah. uh, stage. Yeah. And due to some kind of politics or, or jealousy, um, when I was traveling in, uh, I was mu- murdered and mutilated. Okay. And I was thrown in a space where I was neither dead or alive. Yeah. And, and that probably happened for several hundred years. Right. And I, was, I became a djinn. Or din, you know, I became a, a very angry spirit. Ah, okay. And it seems like this lifetime is about healing that because right. I remember that lifetime. And um, so that's one thing. And um, the second thing was um, I'm incredibly paranoid about a certain person. Um, and this has happened to me twice in my life with two people where they have the ability to, to cast evil or like the evil eye. And the one time it happened, I mean, I, I mean, actual deaths occurred. Um, and it always was due to some kind of romantic jealousy or something okay. like that. And the second time it happened, um, this person... It just kept... I have it, I have it. What, what's your question? And Sorry, I'm deliberately cutting for a reason. Yeah, and I'm just... And it's really sad because I have to avoid places that I want to be with at if she's around. And and am I making this up and what, what do I do about it? Okay. If you heal fear within yourself, mm-hmm. these things have no access to you. But the thing is that I wasn't afraid of her, and then some horrible things happened repeatedly. Yes. And um, to the point of like psychic attack. Sure. And death. Sure. And stuff. Sure. Um, so I am afraid. Yes. I am afraid that if I run into her, yes. stuff happens. Yes. Right. The fear is attracting it. The fear was latent. And then these things happened, and it's like, whoa, up it comes for healing, and now we have causality around it, and it's like, this is you healing fear. This is you transcending fear. So your work is to find out what fear is, very human, very normal stuff, because that's the energy that's drawing those experiences to you. Pure fear. Because the thing is, I'm not afraid of, like, you know, physical pain or, you know... Yeah, it's not being afraid of something, it's fear itself. It's fear itself. Those of us who have psychic (coughs) skills, if we're going to make the shift to waking up, it's like it's a parallel track. Psychic skills doesn't lead to awakening. No. Doesn't. No. At all. 
Right. It's quite a distraction for right. us. Exactly. So you have to leave one track and go on to the awakening track. Mm -hmm. One thing that you have to hop over is fear. You've got to transcend fear, meaning it's got to break down in its potency. You have to understand how the building blocks of it work. It's like, oh, that's what it's made of. Oh, that's 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 all it is. Oh, I get it. You see, you've got to pull back the veil, pull back the curtain on it to see what fear is really made of. Then it has no power over you. When it has no power over you, you shift out of the vibration of where uh, those yuckies, yuckies exist. You become invisible. How do I do that? I just told you. <laughs> it's no, it's thing, I'm not being smart. I'm like, it's interesting. You didn't hear it. <laughs> to shift out of fear. No. no to raise my vibration. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? Amazing. It's like, I do not want to hear the solution. I want to hear something to keep the drama going. That's what's going on. You know, you know subconsciously, that's what's going okay. on. Okay, could you repeat that again? Sorry. Sure. Sure. I'm not having a go, Jen. Just like, you know, just be objective and see what's going on here, huh? So, um, so for you to shift... To make the shift so that the experiences that are happening you now no longer happen to you. Mm -hmm. The difference between what's happening now and where we need you to go is you need to see through fear. You need to demystify it. You need to transcend it. So you need to know what it's made of, how it functions, what its frequency is, where it starts. It's not about being afraid of something. I'm talking about fear itself. Like we talk about love itself, existence itself. It's there, itself. It starts out with panic. No, you're in already way down into how do I feel it. Okay. I'm talking about finding the source of fear. I'm talking about existential stuff. Do you know? I can't. It's so, I, I sounds really stupid, but I can't even like, Access what you're saying. Yeah, right because the personal, the, the, the personal eye, when she feels fear, that does it for you. And you're in there and you've lost your open vista of like, okay, you see? All right, great. We're, we're, we're cracking something. All right. So we, we need you to like, okay, within the widest view of, of, of what exists, okay, we've got deeper than that too, the widest view of what exists. my brain turns into I'm in danger or you have power over me, that my brain turns into a story which becomes my phenomenal experience. This is how it all works. Our brain turns something into a story. So it's like the story is so potent for you, of course yucky things have power over you. Of course they do. Because you don't have the wider expanse. You go into the personal experience of the fear and it's you versus them. Now we're in me, myself, I, we're only in the dualistic realm. Come into the non-dual realm where you can find fear itself. Find the frequency of fear. You're just tuning into it. Go to the radio station of where it's being transmitted in the first place. How is it being cranked up? All you're doing is you're diving into it and you're making it your experience and your life is honoring that experience because you're tuning into it. Get wider. What is fear? It's like a lower frequency. Okay. It's, it's just... It's, it's Lower like, than what? You know, like, all I see is like jello with different colors, jellos, and it's that dense, it's a density. 
Okay. The density. Okay. Okay, it's a density. Yeah. All right. Okay. It's, it's I need you to trace that density back to its source so that you know what fear is. You won't be able to do that right now. It's a piece of package that you'll have to do yourself. Mm-hmm. But it's like, okay, I, I need to know what is at the core of fear. What is it? What is that energy? That's where you have to go. It's a mental construct. Well, you, you, you have to take it away with you. You're not going to find it right now. Okay. But you're on the right track. It's just things that just... You have to sit with this. Yeah. You have to sit with this. Okay. Yeah. You might have to totally go into fear. One way of doing it is like, okay, fear, show me your worst. Show me your worst. And, and you know, sometimes you have to let it have you. And that's how you discover what's in the eye of the storm of fear. is because it completely and totally becomes too strong for you. Whereas if you're trying to control it, then you still believe that it has power. Okay, I need to transcend fear so that it doesn't have power over me. You're not going to transcend it. You're going to get an intellectual understanding of what it is. That's all. It's still going to be hanging out there saying, woo, woo, I can still call you in. You see? Transcending fear is quite a piece of work. Quite a piece of work. But it's necessary for where you need to go. This is why yucky things are going on for you. It's because they're... Um, they're, they're making you become more aware of this is what pulsates in your reality when you pump fear. This is what your experience is. This is what the pattern of your thinking is. You know fear and you're willing to panic and you're willing to get in there. This is what your life is going to look like because it's mirroring. And we can call it low vibration, sure. But really it's, 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 uh, it, it's your own uh, agreement to give power to fear because you haven't seen through it yet. So it still hypnotizes you and shows up as your experience. Making sense? Yes, and I probably need to spend time with you more to, to figure it out. You, you can do a bit of this. You can do a fair bit of this. Listen to this uh, this morning's audio a few times, this, this piece that we're talking about. Okay. That, that might be good. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Uh, oh, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we've got Doris and we've got Barbara. I don't know where I don't have the sequences. This sorry, I, I haven't been watching the hands of the order that they got up at all today. Yes, Mark. Um, ever, I, I guess this started when I after I spoke um, on Friday night. Um, the rest of all, almost all of Saturday, it just. It just felt like my I, I there wasn't anything clear that I would could pinpoint. I mean, it was like uh, the the picture I saw was like a bingo game. You know how the balls go all around. Well, that's it, that's how my head felt all day yesterday. And this morning, the only thing that the word that came into my mind was desire. Okay. And it, I'm feeling like that's getting in the way. And it's not, it's a big, broad thing. It's like physically, mentally, spiritually, the whole gamut. Yeah. It's not fear so much. Yeah. I, I think I've done a lot of work with fear, and this feels different. Yeah. Great. Feels different. Great. But it also feels like it's kind of in the way. Yeah. Yeah. 
So when we, when you're at this stage of the game, you know, of, of where, where there's just little, oh, there we go, that's, that's shifting me into, into a state that's contracted. Mm-hmm. <coughs> desire, is, desire is an interesting one. Some people never transcend desire at all. But it's absolutely possible to transcend it. And it's kind of similar to fear. It's like, what is this thing? Because, you know, at some point it gets interpreted by your mind, and then we turn it into a story, and then I want. Or I'd be better if. Now, we've already left something. What happened before the I'd be better if? What is the belief that's already plugged in before the I'd be better if? What, what, what did you swap out there? And that's the belief that needs to be healed. That's the belief that needs to be seen through. Because the desire can't stem from nowhere. It's going to stem from some kind of a concept that says, shouldn't be like this, or this isn't quite right. We've, you've already left home. You've already left the, the, the completion of the non-dual capitalist self. You know? So you've got to catch that thought before the desire for something rises up. Some people find that there is anger underneath it. When they're digging out the pattern of desire itself rather than desire for the physical, mental, emotional topic, whatever you blew onto it. Sometimes they find a deep-seated anger, that it's actually a pocket of anger and that its way of trying to come up is through I'm rejecting what is and I want that or that. And I'm rejecting what is. And that's very often because that's very often an, an, a, an anger from very early childhood because the needs weren't met. It often comes from there. And it's just a ball of anger that needs to be expressed. I've, I've seen that quite a few times. That the final um, hypnosis of desire breaks up when, dis, when anger is completely, you know, um, old anger is released. That, that could be. I, at first, I thought, well, maybe this has something to do with fear of lack or something. <coughs> I don't. I don't know. This maybe the anger thing is something that's always been suppressed. Okay. Okay. I don't do anger well. You don't do anger well. I don't do it very. Ah, uh, you don't do it at all. Ah, uh, because the fullness of being human has to be freed up. Yeah. All of it has to be freed up. Otherwise, pure consciousness is going to be like, well, you can't go there, pure consciousness. You can't get angry. So, you know, it's, mm-hmm. so we have to be like completely open and transparent so that it all rides through as it, as it wants. So the anger thing might have to be explored. Mm-hmm. It would be great. That would be great. It's the only, this, the desire thing, when it, when, like this morning when I was thinking about it, it it felt like it's big. I mean, it's across the board, but it's also, it feels like I can go a whole lot further when that's dealt with. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. It's kind of holding me back. Yes. So I know I said it yesterday, but on my own journey, I just want to synopsize something. On my own <coughs> journey, it was like, I see you, desire, I see you, I see you, I'm onto you, not going there. 
not going there. That was the turning point. Once I smelt it coming up, before I bought the idea. Once I had that kind of, I see you, I see you, I see you. I'm not, I'm not. Bugger off with all your temptation. I'm not buying it, I'm not buying it. Even though some part of my personality was like, oh God, I bet you just, 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 there's no harm in it. <laughs> Do you know? And it's like, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing and I'm not buying that either. And that was the, like, the shift. You know, it's like, oh, it has no power anymore. It, has, it can't, all of its tricks are dead. Dead. Mm. Um, will that release the anger and getting a hold on it? I go after the anger first. first. I would, I'd go after anger. And like, sit in the car and scream your head off and say, wow, okay, what's my resistance to, to screaming? What, what, what is it? You know, can I hear myself screaming? Can I actually hear all that? What, and what does it feel like inside me? And come on, what, what else is there to express in there? I'd start playing with shouting in the car this evening. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And if your throat yeah. gets sore, so what? You'll be all right tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I feel like I'm at a point I'll do whatever. Oh, I, there's no stopping it, Barbara, at this point. I mean, yeah. there's none. You're, you're too far gone, you know? You can't just go back. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. yeah. Good. Uh, yeah, Doris and Celia, can we can we do the can I have a quick cup of coffee or tea or something? <laughs> Let's have a two minute or five five minute. Or. <laughs> Lois and Celia have had hands up for quite some time. I want to go there. And then let's see Lois in the front here. So we were talking about fear before the break, and that brought up uh, a huge fear I have that I, I don't see it addressed in these kinds of gatherings, but I'm sure other people share it. And it's what brought me back today, really. It's kind of a burning question. Well, it has to do with climate change and the politics in the country and somehow I personally get involved in, in all of that fear. My biggest nightmare is, you know, I, well, for one thing, who knows, we may not be here to meet next year and, and you know, the way the planet is going, my biggest nightmare is I'm going to die in the heat in my small, stuffy apartment with no air conditioning. It'll be an agonizing death. And after <laughs> talking about these things yesterday, it sounds like that's exactly how I'm going to go. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm believing it. But, uh, yeah, that and the elections coming up this week, I, there's, I just can't distance myself from that. That's part, the part about the climate and all of that, that's it runs, that fear track runs automatically. So it's good to sit in these different chairs because you, you are seeing things a little bit differently and maybe getting some distance from them. But, you know, it's hard to read the news and I just 
come up with all kinds of fear and anger after reading the news, but I feel like I need to stay informed. So I know we're just a dot on this big arc to planet Earth, but I just wondered if you had some something you can share with me that would break me out of this thinking cap. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really, because I think we're in, in unprecedented times, you know? And in one way, history is repeating itself. So what's repeating itself? In one way, history is repeating itself. You know, we have a thought of an autocracy, but now I think it's a dictator. You know? It's in charge. So like, uh, my next-door neighbor is Russian. She just said, Jack. I've seen it before in my country. I've seen it. Nobody believes it. This is where it's going. And I'm like, okay, okay. You know, like... And nobody believes it. I mean, nobody believes it, yeah. There's no they way didn't to talk about because people yeah. just deny it. Yes. There's big denial going on. All I can talk about is myself, really, because I... I It's like, you know, if I were to put my, 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 my human brain onto it, my attitude would be, if I'm to do something, show me what I'm to do. And that openness and willingness is always there. If I'm not moved to do something, then I'm not going to adopt a personal agenda and try to improve on pure consciousness. I'm not. But there is no way that I'm going to plug into the fear that is being spread rampant. Because what's making the world go the way it is, is through the spreading of fear. Control is happening, and the, the, the disaster that is, the mess that is being created is underpinned and is possible because fear is being instilled in people. Um, and it started with 9 11. And that's what prepared the culture for, for something like this. Um, it's just an incredible abuse of power. Incredible abuse of power and manipulating so that fear can, can override any other bit of intellectual. But I'd be darned if I'm going to have anything to do with that fear. Okay. <coughs> so do you want to get sucked in and buy the fear <coughs> or do you want to go I see I see the tool is fear and even though you know some people are f fearing people who look different right and that's that's how the fear of the masses seems to be kind of uh, uh, spread uh, uh, this week this week with the Mexican border it's like it's like okay it's actually anything at all that looks 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 from like really like we're going on visual, really? It's bonkers. To, to narrow, narrow our scope of separation down to that detail. It's bonkers. We're so darn stupid. We really are. It's like evidence is everywhere. <laughs> so if, <coughs> if, if fear is what's working to, to hypnotize people into ignorance, that is the last thing that they will get from me. The last thing. So I've watched P 
people who can see what the game is and don't buy into that fear of, of terrorism or any of the bullshit that's going on, people taking on jobs, I mean, it's all garbage. So if people who don't buy into that, they're still feeling fear that that has power, that that movement has power. It's like, oh my God, fear doesn't care what you're going to be afraid of. As long as you're feeling fear, you're sucked in. You're sucked in. Do you see? So there's two layers of it. So the people who can see the toxicity that's spreading in our culture don't feel the fear. It's coming in by the back door. Don't be fearful of it. The task is to not feel the fear. That's, the, that's what we're called to do. Not feel the fear. Then you can make a difference. You see? Because we're stopping this mass blanket of fear. Every now and then there's a hole in the blanket, a hole in the blanket, where somebody isn't wiring in to the mass fear. That's very potent. You're putting a hole in the structure. But it means you not buying into fear. Okay, I'm, uh, that's, that's good. Uh, thank you for validating that and, and offering that advice. And I'm saying for myself, just to do what I can in my own life, I, I'm trying to be a force for good yes. as much as I can. Yes. <clears throat> and and have, it, have it check to make sure that it comes from the deepest part within you. Is it like, is it me fighting against injustice or is it actually something much deeper moving through my form, making it inevitable that I take action? I'd prefer you to do the second one, even if it means doing nothing. Don't second guess it. Listen to the deepest part. That's always a wiser move. Always. Okay? Thank you very much. Okay. There's Celia and then the gent at the back. I thank you for your patience. Yes. <laughs> I would like to touch some more on desire. Mm. I've lived alone for many, many years. And I've had a few relationships here and there. Mm. And I recognize that the reason I wanted a relationship in the past was to fulfill something. But I still have a desire for a companion because I live alone, I don't have grandchildren, and there's a. But yet there's something in me, am I an aloofness that stops this from happening? And I was wondering if you could address that, if you see that in me, that I, because there's a little bit of a, I can sense that even when I'm in here, that I'm protection, or yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm fully open. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right, you're right. I mean, we talked about yesterday about the um, being found out. And I know in my culture where I grew up in Sweden, the, they even have a saying for it, who do you think you are? <laughs> I mean, under, you know, it's called Jantelagen, the law of me. <coughs> and it's very built in also. So I think some of it might be, well, I'm not good enough, and I'm not this stuff and that. And it, it's very, it's cultural even. So how, how where do I... Go in to just even 
address that because it's so it's pre-verbal so the who do you think you are stops how does that link in that because then then um I wouldn't go out to try and do something, even though I'm a very capable woman. Everybody's told me that, and I have many talents. But if there's something, it's like I always feel I'm not going all the way. Yes. Just, I always feel like there's something that is, I'm, I'm stopping. So the cultural judgment, even though you're out of that culture, you, you're maintaining it for yourself. It seems that way. Yeah. How is that helping you? What is the punishment in Sweden, maybe? What is the punishment for getting too big for your boots? What is the punishment for coming out into the fullness of what honours you? What does happen? People might not like you. Okay. Is, is that all? It's just about acceptance? Yeah. Mm. Okay. So is that very important to you? Now? Not so much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> is it okay if nobody likes you? Yeah, I'm starting to feel very angry in that. Yeah, actually. Yes. But yet I don't want to separate myself from beings. And the desire is not so much that it, anything's going to... It's just that it feels like a human um, interaction that I, I would like to have. Yeah. Because I'm aging and I spend a lot of time alone. Yes, but one doesn't repel the other, one leads to the other. So, so in, in not giving power to people because they might dislike you, in no longer supporting that and saying, actually... I'm not even going to care about whether they like me or not like me. I'm, I'm just not, not going to entertain that thought at all. I'm unplugging from that whole system. If we can have you unplugging there, it's interesting that you, there was some kind of a, a lead-in as if, well, I don't want to separate from people. It's like, these aren't connected at all. They're not connected at all. Do you see? So if you unplug your antennae, do they like me, do they not like me? It's like, okay, dial down. Bring them, bring them back in. We're no longer going to check to see if I'm accepted, I'm not accepted, just, no, just not going there anymore. Not replacing it with anything, I'm just not going to extend that feeler in any way anymore. People are entitled to their opinions, and I don't give a who taught their opinions are. We genuinely don't care. I'd love that to get solid in me. So that's the energy that, that I sense as a distance. Is because I am looking for something. Yes. Yes. And then I push it away. Yes. You're you're auditing. You're you're yeah. like inside. I'm inside here, but there's my antennae, and I'm subconsciously going to feel out what's safe and what's not safe. But you're doing it from your from your barrier. Yes. So if we can pull down this and not care, it's like, well, what, what do you need your barrier for now? What? <laughs> you see? Yeah. Yeah. And then, if it's desire, I'm shifting a bit now, bring me back if, if I didn't get closure on the first part. Um, uh, then, the, find out what you need and what your desires are. Because for me, it's very good for me to have physical touch. Mm. 
And if Derek's away for a while or before I met him, or and I was like, ooh, I need to have a massage, I need to have something, I, I, I need physical touch. It's like something, my, my nervous system goes a bit wacky. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just need to have physical touch. And a, a decent two-hour massage will do it. You know, like, ooh, I'm good again. You know, it's fine. Yeah. Um, but, but that's just something that my, my body needs, and I will give it, and, and I, I watch out for it. Yeah. You know? Is it desire? No, it means I'm healthy. That's me being healthy, managing my own body. Right. You see? You're so tending to something. I'm tending to something yeah. that makes me more, you know, helps me to be more responsible. It's like I eat food when I'm hungry. I, I, yes. I give my body touch when it needs it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, my nervous system just like somehow isn't stable, you know? So managing your own needs around companionship. What's a need that keeps you balanced? And what's plain old desire? Do you see? Yeah. So, so I'd like the I'd, I'd like you to figure that out. Right now, you're calling it all desire, and I'm like, mm, let, let's respond to your needs and let's drop the desire. But right now, I think they're together. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, like what's good for you to keep you as a healthy, balanced adult, and then of course, give give yourself that. That's your own autonomy. Mm-hmm. That's you taking care of yourself. Then what that what would that type of companionship look like if there is a need for more socialization? What would that look like? Yeah. Do you know? And give that to yourself. You know? Is there something else that keeps the buffer up? I don't think so really. Um, I don't think so really. If we can just get you to stop subscribing to that cultural... Yes, uh, that was very helpful because I, I literally sense this wall. Yeah. And even though I've been here for so many years, but yes. I'm very uh, Scandinavian still because I have a lot of friends from there and everything, yes. but it's, it's just an amazing... I don't know if any of you have been there or heard about this young Belogin. I mean, it's... It's, just, it's a German saying. I think. Like, I'm uh, so familiar with German. It's all Northern Europe stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it just... Yeah. Yeah. And that makes us capable. Because we were the wives of the Vikings. You know, we had to yes. keep the homestead going while the yes. Vikings were out. And that's still in us. Yes. yes. But it doesn't work anymore. No. Just, no. No. And it can stop you from, from really getting unity consciousness. Yeah. It can stop you from really feeling into, oh, shoot, this is all me. Ooh, this is all me. It can stop that. Mm. You know, from that being fully, fully recognized. You know? Yeah. Mm. Okay, thank you. Sure. Sure, you're welcome. Yes. So I've been feeling really called to share um, this, and so it's stepping way out of my comfort zone. There's a lot of fear showing up about it. Yay! Um, the thread that's obviously happening in my life a bit that I've shared is the court drama, and the, and the thread that's been going through here is stepping into authority and, and standing in that and dealing with this perception of outside authority. Um, the government stuff has shown up. And so in my recent journey, 
when I was a policeman, I was pretty much brainwashed by the conditioning of, of, of all of it. And yeah. uh, it seems pretty simple that when someone's beating up someone else, that they need to go there and say, hey, you're not behaving appropriately, and have a time out. That makes sense. Um, but when, so to speak, I got out of law enforcement and found the system turned back upon me, if you will, I, it really was a beautiful thing to start digging deeper and to see how it's operating. And what I discovered is that it operates in the same way that the mind structure does. It, uh, there's an alter ego, a second identity that is in the system that we all believe to be us, but it's not. And so after this, if you want to look on the break or whatever, you can go and look on all of your papers from uh, you know, IRS taxes to uh, your driver's license, everything. Your name is written in all capital letters. Now compare that to your name written on your birth certificate. It's in lowercase letters, most of them. The uppercase uh, uh, name is written in the same uppercase because that's how they write corporations, corporate entities. Corporations are creations of the state, and that means the state controls them. So when we go and register ourselves with the government, we're registering with them and we're saying, hey, we're not competent to handle our affairs. We need you to do it. And so that's why everything that we do is licensed and regulated. I need a business license to have a meeting. I need a license to go get this and go get, get, get that. And it's all word games and sleight of hand just like this, how it, it's a trick. And we don't see the trick, and so we go down to the DMV and say, oh, I, I want a driver's license. I want to make sure that I'm following the rules, and, and, and in our heart, we, we go to do that um, so that we're competent. But really what it is is a competency examination. Mm -hmm. And so when we go there, what we're essentially doing in their eyes is saying, we're not competent to handle our affairs. Will you come do it for us? Yes. And so we're literally, unbeknownst to us, feeding yes. this system. Um, and it's been really strange trying to work that in with the spiritual aspect. Um, I was having a conversation with Georgette about this morning, like in my case, because a part of me, the, the non-dual side, looks at what's happening in, in my situation and sees the fairness and the perfection of it, and how it's operating in my life. And the, the part that I seem to be struggling with now is uh, that human side, and that's what she talked to me about, is there's a part of you that still feels that this, let's call it unfairness or something, something's off, that needs to take action. And a part of me wants to pull back from that. Um, and so it really feels, after listening to what everyone else has shared, that, that and, and what you commented on is, is really standing in that power and facing it like this. Yes. Being my voice. Whatever happens is whatever happens, yes. but this is the call. Um, so if any of you are more interested, of course, you're more than welcome to talk to me. There's so much. Um, but there is a whole wave, if you will, of... Um, people that are working right now in that dimension, like workers, if you will, that are that have uncovered it um, and are working on making that clear for everyone else. You know, we each have our own paths, but it's that's going on. So when I say like word games, um, one thing I want you you can check this out is 
the use of the word person. They use the word person, but it means corporation. It doesn't mean you. They, they, there's a, there's, like if you read, so to speak, the Declaration of Independence, they talk about creator-endowed inalienable rights. And then at the time that that happened, there were people that were considered property. Those were slaves. So that's how they separated it. People that were had a right to life and people that didn't, people that needed to be controlled, that they were considered property. Okay, and so that's how the system was. Well, after the Civil War, what happened was they created a second class of person. And if you read the 14th Amendment, it's called, well, they call it a person. And what they later defined was that a person is also a corporation because these slaves, so to speak, that were free, they, they didn't have creator-endowed inalienable rights. They were given privileges by the government, and privileges can be taken away. Okay, so what began happening is that as we began going to government to get benefits from them, they say, well, if you want our benefits, you have to surrender your rights. And so now you become subject to us. And so that's what happens is we go to them asking for benefits, and in the return for benefits, there's a requirement that they don't literally put out and tell us that there's a surrender of our sovereign rights is really what it is. The, 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 the country was created in a sovereign way, recognizing sovereign rights, so to speak, um, and in the reflection of what we're all talking about here. And then it went back to, if you will, uh, this objectification and treatment of ourselves and each other as property and without rights. Yeah. I don't disagree with any of that. It reminds me of Ryanair who calls passengers self-loading cargo. In-house term for passengers. In-house. Oh. In-house. Mm -hmm. Good joke. The, the, the system does not, most of the people that are in local government, local law enforcement, judges, even attorneys, are completely feeling they have to know that this is what's going on. Um, but they, I have friends that are lawyers and I've asked them or kind of, you know, put some of this mm -hmm. on them and they don't want to talk about it at sure. all. They don't want to hear it, and of course. It's, it's, it's no different than, you know, one of us going out and saying, let's talk about pure consciousness to somebody. Yes. You're crazy, what are you talking about? Yes. Uh, it's the same, it's the same type of thing. Yes. Yeah. 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 So there is, um, it's not very evolved yet, but there is a group of people that are, have figured out a way, at least in this way, to uncontract yourself from the system. Right. Um, and that basically means you have to put them on notice and basically not get a driver's license, you can't get insurance, you can't take any government benefits um, at all. That's the way that, it, at least it is. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, was there somebody? Was there somebody? Else? No, somebody hasn't spoken before. Is always oh. taking priority in the last day. <laughs>
So I like to go back to uncovering fear. Yeah. Because <clears throat> my experience is that fear arises in the body. Oh, sorry. Fear arises in the body, and it can be to a place where I can't do anything else except be with it, let alone go to a... It's not always that way, but there are times that I feel paralyzed. Mm -hmm. And I can't go any further. Mm -hmm. So there's no step to like go, okay, what is the belief here? And... But there was a thought before the fear came. Fear can't come without a concept first. I agree. And yet, there are times that I do not know what the thought is. That's where you have to start. It just is there. That's where you have to start. And it's like, okay, okay, I missed it. I missed it. I missed it. What could it have been? What could have triggered this? It's like, hmm, I don't know this time. And the more that you start questioning, what was going on just before this feeling? When did it start? When, when was I in fear 10 minutes before I actually started noticing I was in fear? So the more you can start inquiring and investigating to see what happened just beforehand, it will lead you to it. I can wake up with it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's in your subconscious. Yeah. That's okay. That's, that's, if that's where the root is, it doesn't mean you don't have power to heal it. Right. It's like it's just it's just woven its way into the subconscious. So then we're looking at PTSD stuff, you know, that, that can get triggered really easily to the point of paralyzing you, you know. But there is work you can do to release that. Yes. Yeah. There is. I believe that. Yeah. <coughs> I can do it. <coughs> yeah. Read about somatic experiencing. That's a good place to start. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can. But but it, it is important that you that you find where the thought is. The times when you can't and it's like I'm waking up in the morning and I'm just paralyzed in fear, it's like, do I really believe I'm not safe? Do I really think I'm not safe right now? Okay, where's the evidence? Where's the evidence that I'm not safe? Start with that one. If you can't absolutely cannot find the belief beforehand. Let's try I'm not safe as a most probable belief. And then look for evidence. Okay, I'm in bed. Really? I'm not safe. Really? My system thinks I'm not safe. Is that true? Is that true? And I'd like you to have that kind of objectivity and say, okay, my system believes it. Is it, is it really? Show me the evidence here. And that will, you know, give you just another little inch, another little inch of distance from it to be able to see this is how it plays. I'm not safe. Paralyzed with fear. It's like, okay, okay, what are we going to do? We're either going to get distance from it or you're going to just stay in paralysis until it decides to dissipate. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Let's not do that one. You see? So start looking for evidence. Really? I'm paralyzed right now. Really? Really? Why? Why? And that's empowering. Yes! That's the gig. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Because the more you can, the more you have autonomy, 
the less your mind is in charge. The less your mind is in charge, the more freedom there is for you. And you get to see, oh, I'm not stuck to any part of what my mind says. I'm not a victim to my thoughts. I'm not a victim to my emotions. I can pick up my mind and my emotions when I need them. Okay, now, now we're talking awakening. Now we're getting there. You see? That's how it links in. You know? Thank you. Yeah, you're right. Um, my question, I don't really have a question, I guess it's something that I just need help working through. I live with somebody that I don't want to be living with. She lives in our house, and when I, before I moved in, I didn't want her to be there, and she's still there. I don't have compassion for her, and I want to have compassion for her. My heart is literally going to be out of my chest right now. Yeah, I yeah, can feel it, yeah. It triggers a lot from my past with her. And I feel like I can't sit down and talk to her because I feel like what I've witnessed with prior others around the house is that she... I want to say it's delusional of some situations that occur that she thinks is on her side. And then when I talk to the other roommate, um, we see the situation and she's a little this way when we're all that way. And I, I feel for her. I don't know how to talk to her in person about it. And I don't trust her. So I know that that comes within, that there's something in me that I'm not trusting within myself. And I can't really figure that out yet. And before I moved in, I wanted her not there. I wanted her moved out. And her still being there is obviously something that needs to be worked through for me with getting to know her, uh, I guess. Where, where I'm going first is... Uh you didn't want her in the house, but yet you moved in. Why, why would you compromise yourself to that extent? You knew you didn't want to live with her, but yes, you said, uh, why, why would you do that to yourself? I was living in an uncomfortable situation prior with somebody who was very dysfunctional, and I had to cut that off. I had to move out. Mm -hmm. And I felt like because no one, because none of the other roommates wanted her to live there, that by the time I moved in, it would be dealt with, and it hasn't been dealt with. I don't, I hear you, but I don't buy it. <laughs> so you were living in a, with somebody, and it was a dysfunctional relationship, and you moved into another dysfunctional thing. I, I haven't figured out why, I, that's why I'm talking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You're willing to put yourself in a position of where you you are hugely compromised. Hugely, hugely. You're doing that to yourself. I know. I know. I've done it to myself. And yeah. I, know I still can't figure out why. Why don't you want better for yourself? Because I want to help everybody. Help yourself. You're the only one you can help. Really. Really. 
we all really help other people to help ourselves. It's about honouring what's right for us. Or else we're just, you know, it's all screwed up. <laughs> but if it's right for us to help others, it's because it's right for us. That's, that's where the book stops. If you're honouring what's coming through for you, right action will happen. If you're operating from a dysfunction where you're less than, of course it's going to be mucky. Of course it is. Because your original motivation is, is, is sticky. So of course it's going to be a mess. So it's like we got to mature the idea of helping others is better than helping myself. You know, it's like treat your neighbor as yourself. The standard is as yourself. That's the standard. And I do understand that, and I, I, I primarily live that way, so that's why I'm so confused about why I acted upon, how I acted upon to move in with my previous roommate, who was in a dysfunctional relationship, who needed help, and so I, I made the decision too fast to move in with her, and then I made the decision too fast to move out of the house with her. And so now where I'm living now is in another situation where I'm living with a female or a, a person, a human, I wouldn't really call it male or female, but a human being that I don't want to be around. And when she walks into the room, I, I just... So how did you move out? Because I don't want to, I want... I want so it's better for you to be treated badly and to be with somebody who doesn't work well for you than for you to step out and demand something better for yourself. Is that what you're telling me? I'm trying to stand up for her to move out, which isn't correct. Which isn't why, why, why would you want to make her do something? Why? 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 You see how that's a bit quirky? Yeah, no, I see it. That's why I'm talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. The buck stops with you. But there's this habit of giving your power, giving your power, giving your power. Let it end here. Move out. Want better. Don't take second best. Move into a situation that supports you. Don't doubt yourself. Don't be a victim. Don't grab a spiritual concept and override your own inner knowing. It's bullshit. Move out. And don't move from the frying pan into the fire like last time. Move out knowing, no, I'm fully responsible for where I move. It's either going to work for me or it isn't. And if it doesn't work for me, I'm not moving there. And I'm not going to expect the environment to change so that it will work for me. I'm choosing the environment that's supportive for me. This is your next step. There's no resolution with where you are except to move. I don't imagine that the universe is going to take that person out. You've greater learning. <coughs> You've greater learning in having the courage to move and selecting another place that's supportive of you. There's greater learning there, so. I can't imagine that that person would move. They might move a month after you move out. That would probably, that's the kind of thing that would happen. So that your mind goes, oh my God, if I just held out there, she would have moved. You know, that's the kind of thing that would happen in that scenario. But the lesson is for you. Yeah, great. 
Thank you. Sure. You're welcome. Do you think you'll move? That's a very tough question because I just moved in with my boyfriend at the house. In the same house? Yes, in the same house. So the two of you move together then? <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Yeah. You, you know, like action is needed. It's not easy for us to like shift from one way of making decision to another. It's not easy. But none of this path is easy. None of it is easy. None of it. It's like, okay, we just got to get used to that part, you know. And of course, the more, the more you become familiar with making strong decisions, the more autonomy, the more potency, the more, you know, then it becomes normal. So to follow up on, um, on yesterday's conversation, um, so full disclosure, when you were talking to me, I was very confused, and I labeled it as fear, but it was a lot of confusion, self-consciousness and confusion. But I think I heard enough of what to do and how to approach um, that three-year-old Susan. Mm -hmm. um, and so I did, and I met her, and I, it was very simple, actually. <laughs> and just um, looked in her eyes and, and um, linked with the emotion of um, fascination. Yes. And, um, and then just walked into that light, and that was it, you know? Yes. And just immersed yes. in the vibration of that. So I thought that was, okay, fine, nothing, you know, yeah. no big deal. Yeah. No fear, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then last night, <laughs> I had a dream. And I've never had one like this before, and I think it was partly the energy we were in yesterday with um, past life stuff, because past life has never resonated with me. And um, I had a dream in which I was fully in a past life, and um, and I was a woman putting a, two children down on a bench and leaving them there because I was um, I was selling children. Okay. And um, I had a change of heart. And I grabbed the children and went, and I was with a man who was like my husband. And um, we went to this house, and it was about, it was 100, 200 years ago, it was like a little village, and everybody was dressed. And, and I could see this man who was, I knew was the man that was supposed to receive the children. He had this horrible, ugly mask on, and there was so much fear. But I did, made a face to him, which was essentially gave him the finger, you know, like I was just this badass person, which was like, all of a sudden, this woman who didn't care, and um, and in the dream, I was I was happy about that because I was um, I had been asking in this life, you know, to to be more badass in my dreams <laughs> because I knew it would be reflective, and um, so the sad and, and then I knew that my my husband was like Mad Max, and I never saw the movie, but I knew what he represented. You know that he was crazy and that he would do everything to protect us, but it, I. I woke up knowing that there would be total annihilation and there was so much sadness and guilt because there are all these innocent children in there. So it was interesting because I went on this trajectory with Mad Max and um, <laughs> to see what he represented and it was, but, but the, the thing, oh, the thing that, that stood out to me was um, this, when I looked into that face, that mask, it was, it was pure evil. It was sadistic, pure evil. And I felt that being that badass woman with the power, you come face to face with that pure evil. And, um, and it was just an awareness of that. Yes. So, um, 
Yeah, so then reflecting on it this morning, um, it was crazy. I just saw that this, this life is just a movie and a movie and prequels and sequels and, and everything just was plain to say it was just a movie. Yes. That everything's just a movie. It's just a movie. And we're just having, we're just movies watching movies. Movies watching yeah. <coughs> yeah. Yes. Lois, even the government. It's a movie story. It's yeah. a movie story. Because we're talking about the evil, you know, and it's just, there's no fear, really. It's just like, it just is what it is, you know? It's just this movie. Yeah. I mean, it has to be here. Yes. And our capacity to to set up the scenes, you know, to set up the movie theatre. That's our capacity to experience. That is it. Because otherwise nothing has happened. Really, there's just nothing happening. Really. Really. We, we make shit happen, you know. <laughs> thinking it up. Imagining that we exist and imagining there's the non-jewel and imagining there's the jewel and run the whole script. We get all wrapped up in it and we do, you know, have such pain trying to unravel it. And somehow it seems to be worth the ride because we keep on doing it. There's our stupidity if ever I saw it. You had Max was my kid. <laughs> he was mad. Yes, he's mad. He was mad. Yeah. yeah. Put up your hand if you can re- if you can recognize that this is a movie. Yes. Okay, if your hand wasn't up, be open. Be open to the fact that this might be a movie and somehow you're wanting to believe that it's real. So I'd like to just loosen that grip. Just loosen that grip. Yes, can we scoot that up together? Yeah, I am. Um, like I'm, I'm new to this whole game here, but um, I get, I do understand the movie part, but there's a lot of things that I don't understand, and I don't understand, I don't understand the whole game, and, um, and it's confusing because, you know, there's questions of dharma or quest, uh, purpose, meaningful work, being aligned, mm. and, um, and those interest me, and, and I, I feel like I'm, I'm not aligned, and that's, something that I would like to get to. And and as much as I, you know, I think I shared with you that I spent most of my life being fully materialist, atheist, rejecting all notions of spirituality, religion, the whole works. And yet weird things have always happened to me that are not explainable. And um, and probably one of the most profound that I recall was uh, when I was 16, I was in the shower, I hated Catholicism, the patriarchy, the, all the bullshit. And um, 
I was in the shower, and then all of a sudden this weird energy came over me, and it was a, a strange feeling of just this otherworldly clarity and purpose, and it felt extremely... There aren't words for it. It felt very powerful, and it felt like somehow I had something incredibly important to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it just like... It was like, like this elevator shaft of like energy and purpose. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, get, you know, like I, I felt it for a while. I dried off. I felt like, what is this? And uh, I'm like, uh, you got the wrong person. Whoever or whatever this is, it's not me. I'm not up to whatever task. Yeah. This feeling is triggering in me. Like I'm supposed to do something important. No, you not up to the task. Yeah. And I'm just looking over a wrong person, someone over there, someone, you know. And and in a sense, I've, I've, I've been running from that feeling. Mm-hmm. And if I were religious, I would say, oh, that was a, a divine inspiration. That was that was yes. a strong download from Holy Spirit the universe. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah, and, and that's just one example. There have been, you know, sure. many things that, wake me up or scare me or and and one beautiful time when I was just taking a walk and had this unbelievably expensive moment of clarity where I could see past, future, present, everything, the perfection of everything mm-hmm. fitting together and working as if mm-hmm. there is a rhyme or reason to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I could see how it all fit. Mm-hmm. And I wanted that to last forever, and it just the bubble eventually. But it felt so good to be inside that, mm-hmm. and um, so there are these experiences. And so part of me runs away, you know, and the other part is curious. Like maybe I need to turn to that sixteen-year-old and maybe ask again. Like, well, should I pay attention to that, or is it all a dream? Is it all a movie? Is it all nothing? Um, I'm, I got one foot on a banana peel and the other in the cosmos. I honestly don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are different lenses of perception. When we're locked into an experience, be it fear or a story or we're in some suffering thing, then that's our entire world and we have no other access to any other lens of perception. But as we do this, we have other lenses of perception. And the trouble is, they can appear to be completely contradictory to each other. It's like, everything's perfect. No, it's not perfect at all. Actually, if it was perfect, then this wouldn't be happening. You see? And it appears to be paradoxical. But it's only paradoxical if you're swapping out one lens of perception for another. My approach is, leave room for all of it. If you step outside of all of it, then then it doesn't have to be either or. You see? And the trouble with the non-dual is that, is that we shift. The polarity, the polarity exists between the dual and the non-dual, the dual and the non-dual. And so that's why paradoxes agree, exist so much. Yeah. The dual, the non-dual, the new, the, it's, it bounces, right? No, but I see it's and. It's both and. Yeah, it's, it's and. It's, yes. it's only and if it's wider than all of us. It's a hell of a lot of ands and even more ands than I even know. Right. I feel that. Yeah. So what's, what is... What is my role in all this? What is my... Where are you asking that from, Gil? Where are you asking that from? 
from this person in this incarnation at this point in time on this planet. So if I run from it, and I, I do many, I've done many things to run from it. Yeah. And, and then those are never satisfying. Uh-huh. I realize, oh, you know, what am I running from? Yeah. I'm running from maybe taking this incarnation seriously. And I do that too. Uh-huh. Um, And so, yeah, it's 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 the it's the what is my dharma? And what what did I come here to do? How do I get aligned with that? If I came here to learn something, if I came here to do something, do I just kick back and and see what unfolds and be open to it all, or you know, pay attention, or just I don't. So the way it's rolling out is there something off with the way it's rolling out? It seems like a very slowly unfolding mystery, and maybe that's my mind thinking, oh, there are so many things that I should have accomplished, but I didn't. I chose not to. Like, it's too much work. I'm not going to do that. And yet, feeling guilty that I didn't, but I keep pulling back, saying there's something else that's more important, and it's a quieter unknowing, and um, and I don't have training for that, I guess. And... um, at Sand last week, I was in a deep meditation with um, Rinpoche Geshe, the Tibetan yoga, dream yoga. And, and I went very deep, and I was in this quiet, still place. And then I hit a point of sadness, of grief, of deep sadness. And I, and I, pinched, I was like checking in with my thoughts, and my thoughts were, what is my purpose? What am I here to do? And I realized I had no idea. And that made me feel sadness and grief. Like, I honestly don't know. And then I saw that thought giving the emotion that, oh, you're supposed to know or you should know. And you feel sad because other people seem to know what they're supposed to do. And you haven't figured it out yet. And I thought, okay, so just relax into the unknowing. And let go of that sadness. And that's okay. And I felt better with that. But I think... Yeah, it's maybe the sense of what is my purpose? Um, I have all these ideas of what that should be, but I don't do any of those because it seems like there's something behind it all. Yes. Something that I'm trying to align with. Yes. And I think I'm done running from it or I wouldn't be here. So the alignment mightn't be with a purpose. It's like an alignment with some sense of well, in this, this past few weeks, like, okay, if there is a higher self, and there does seem to be an inner compass, an inner wise something, um, I'm trying to align with that, because that's the most familiar thing I know, is, is that. You know, what might help is just starting to say yes internally. Mm-hmm. Just starting to say yes, and take a chance, and see what happens. Yes, yes to yes. Yeah, no. <laughs> yes to uncertainty. Yes to uh-huh. Uh-huh. The purpose ah you might get a few years out of that, you know, but Yeah. You're gonna discover, gee, because I really got caught in having a purpose and then this feeling of something else 
never left. Left for a while, but it's still here. It's more the sense of like dharma, you know, like what do my cells most want to do? You know, yeah. how do I be that perfect tree who who knows exactly what it needs to do? It knows what it's it does, and it does so many things beyond what I can imagine. That tree is so perfect in its dharma. It doesn't even ask. It so doesn't even need to ask. So you have an underlying feeling that there is something you need to do that you're not doing so far. Yeah, I think so. Okay, don't make that a purpose. Okay. Just say yes to it. If there's something you're supposed to do, you need to do, you will have no option. It'll find me. It will find you okay. like it did in the shower that day. Yeah, okay. It will, but this time say yes. Okay. Then maybe, as we've been touching on fear, is... And this feeling of surrender, sometimes my just, you know, I, I fall into this, am I just a puppet of the cosmos? Yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So I have this. We imagine we have agency. I have this illusion of the will, and I think that's just a bone. Oh, yeah. So, it's garbage. So, so purpose disappears with that, you know? Yeah, so exactly. Like, okay, so who or what energy needs to inhabit, and I'm just a car for it to drive. Sure, yeah. sure. Just, just say But yes. I'll find happiness in that. Well, well you know, or, there's a lot of me story in there. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of me story. Just say yes. Okay. Let it be more... What's going to happen? Be curious. Yes, I'm be curious. curious. Yeah, be curious and be open and, and see what happens. So, opening up to that, yeah. there is an essence of annihilation. Yeah, of course. Yeah. There's a, reason, a very good reason why you haven't done that so far, yeah. why and you're kind of negotiating with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that's, that's ego, from what I understand, that's part of it, yeah. but it's also... I think it's what I've been fighting against. Yeah. Just total annihilation? Yeah. How does one welcome that? How does one surrender to that? Why would anybody want to? Why not? It's inevitable. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. This is just a flash of the pan, you know? And, and we, we, our minds create linear time. Like, the whole thing is a joke. Yeah. The whole thing. And, and the rules of the game is that there's less suffering if we have honesty and integrity and if we're open and transparent, there's less suffering. So there's some kind of evolutionary laws built in there. I think my mic has just died. Oh. Yeah. It's a sign for lunch. Oh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, it's 10 to 2. Oh, 10 to 2. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Thank you. I I just grab. Can I grab your thing, your mic, Gail, for a second while I uh, take get, take the assembly here? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, folks. I went way way over. Um, yeah, thank you, Gail. Uh, uh, just to just to just to pull. I just want to pull a few things together before we break for lunch. We did a lot of kind of way out there work today, and then we also did work that's very human and of this incarnation. I invite you to be at peace with all of it. Whether some of it was over your head or completely resonated with you, just try and find a place to be at peace with all of it. Um, 
it might be that this is the only time you'll ever touch those other kind of wacky dimensions that people are talking about and that might be enough or you might get thrown in there and it gets a bit nutty for a few months. It's all fine. It's all fine. When you go from the jewel to the non-jewel, you really, you know, you, 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 you really don't need to tip into the, 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 you might find that you're packaging up some past lives, but you might really not need to at all to touch any of that psychic world at all. But when you go deeper than the non-jewel, when you can see that space is also a concept, that the idea that you existed in the first place is, is just a figment of your imagination. When you go there, you can see the timeline, you can see all of existence. And so the ability to pop in and out of everybody, everything, the personification of evil and divine love, it's all in front of you. And it shows up to be, oh yeah, that's how it works. Because God is the personal agenda that says, ooh, that's evil, I'm fearful. It's like, that's so, so far out from being a, a possible response. It's so far away from it. The two can't meet. The two can't meet. So if you've had like a, the hoochie-hoochies about some of the things we've been... Do you know what I'm talking about, hoochie-hoochie? You know? If you have the willies, if you have the... I'm using Irish terminology. Thank you, there we go. If you have the heebie-jeebies about anything that was here, that's because your personal eye is being triggered. And it's like, heal the personal eye. Go to the part of you that knows that that's okay. Go to that part of you. Step into your wider being that's not just me, myself, I, and my personality. The deeper than the non-dual, you will see that all, every dimension is... You're all of it. You play as the raped and the raper. You play as all of it. You always did, you always will be. That same essence runs through absolutely space and time and other galaxies. Deeper than that, again, there are other zones that don't even have consciousness as an underpinning continuum. Don't even have consciousness underpinning. And I'm not able to say any more than that because I don't have the words, but all I can do is just point. And if somebody goes, oh, holy shit, then great, you're, you're feeling it. And if it's like, what are you talking about? Then let it go. <laughs> you see? So, yeah, yeah, something's lighting up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, so the breakdown of consciousness shows you that, holy Moses, that was, that was just this dimension. Oh, my God, that was just this entire human spread you know, from the individual to enlightenment to liberation. Oh my God, that's just that. That's just that. Oh, okay. So I'm inviting you to go to the widest vista where it's all included, where all of it, all of it is seen and you can pop in the dualistic lens, yeah? Yeah, fear can happen there, anger can happen there. Yeah, yeah, I see it, but I am not leaving my widest vista. I can heal this for the personal eye. And if you're completely in the personal eye story, completely in the personal eye story, okay, you've lost the wider vista. You've just lost the wider vista. Heal it, resolve it, go into it, be with it, do all those therapy techniques, they're important then. But if you can keep one foot outside of all of it, and yesterday we spoke about like, keep 10% or find the percentage, and I want to talk more about that in the afternoon. 
How can you keep the wider vista and yet you can honour the personal who needs to move house, who needs to find more friends, who needs to... How can you manage both at the same time? That's, that's the gig. That's the gig. That, that there's like fully human, there's fully divine, and there's outside of all of it, where both of those have embraced. Do you see? That's freedom. It's not freedom from anything, it's freedom itself. It's freedom for its own sake. It's literally like, it's just a game. It's just a game. So, so see if you can have some awareness of keeping the widest vista and yet the personality can play and you're not disconnecting from either. You're not dissociating, you're not shutting down, you're not just in concept. Do you see? Because there's loads of traps of where that can't, um, that can play as something else. You know? You can't be just completely in the concept of, oh yeah, I'm outside of all of it, and it's like, actually, you're full of crap. Do you know? That, like, how can you tell that, like, is there, am I out, do I, at this moment, is it a movie, and can I take it seriously? Do I have both capacities running right now? So I want to help your brains to run the two realities at the same time. It's, that's a neurological thing, so that your physical human experience can run both at the same time. And that's where the psychic thing, that's, oh, I've never said this before, that's where people with psychic abilities have a little bit of an advantage, is because you know that there's two realities running at the same time. That's where it's an advantage in, on, on the path of waking up. Not because you can access stuff, but because your brain is used to saying, yeah, I know the rules of this game, of what's happening here, and I know the rules of the other game, because I am in two dimensions right now. You see? So there is a little bit of a template for how to be outside, outside, outside of all of it, and yet whatever filter of lens needs to come in, it, it can allow you to participate fully in a human life, in a separate life, in any life, but you're not buying any of it. <laughs> You see? All right. That's what I'm going to say. Yes. Have lunch. Uh, enjoy it. And I'll see you at 9.15. 3.15. 3.15. Thank you, folks.